All right, Matt. Do you know what time it is now? Uh, it's time to roll for initiative. It's time to roll for initiative. Yeah. <laughs> what dice is that? The Modern Office. It is a fantastical world of heroes and villains, where everyday people like you and me overcome nearly impossible odds using their wits and their talents. This is the tale of three ordinary office workers who thought their abilities and strengths were only limited to a one-page resume, until they were somehow sucked into a magical D&D world because that's the easiest way to utilize D&D game mechanics. Introducing Chaz Harmon, the underachieving project manager with a soft spot for hard seltzer. Freddy Gorf, AKA Forber Gorf, the overeager social media specialist with a Twitter account even more ironic than his graphic tees. Then there's Karen Pardue, the ever vigilant HR representative with a heart bigger than the employee's handbook she keeps at her side. It's the classic tale of good versus evil, sprinkled with a healthy dose of bureaucracy and red tape. These are the Adventures of the Office Drones. Hey everyone! As a little post spooktacular express treat, the boys here at DT Exclamation Point HQ wanted to offer you all a look into a show that we've been doing pretty much since lockdown began last spring. As you've heard now a ton about this month, we have a Patreon. Uh, the the bread and butter of that Patreon really is our premium feed which, at least for now, is all dedicated to this separate D&D real play podcast that we do called The Office Drones. You've heard now about the other tiers and the bonus content, yada, yada, yada. So instead of going through that, I wanted to instead give everybody a glimpse into what this show actually is. Because despite how stupid a concept it started as, I'm super proud of what this thing has turned into. So today, I'm going to give you all a very special belated Spooktacular Express gift in the form of a massive director's cut of the first major story arc of our Real Play podcast. Included in this enormous smash cut is all of the story beats, the world building, goof em up highlights that consists throughout the first six episodes. Um, I'm also going to cut in some commentary in between each episode just to set up a little bit more context and some fun little Easter eggs from the show. Starting from the top, we have our initial one-shot campaign that was first released in the main feed nearly two years ago in uh, Christmas of t- 2019 titled DLC episode Forbegorf and the Office Drones Do a Dungeon. I don't really know why I called it Forbegorf and the Office Drones. It was just kind of like a Josie and the Pussycats thing. Uh, rolled off the tongue. Um, anyway, this this episode was kind of a reaction to the hugely positive feedback that we'd received from a much older episode all the way back earlier that year called Episode 25, Hold That Conference Call, I'm Jungling, um, which is where we first created these characters as just like a normal DT episode bit. Um, now, it's it's funny. I think we've talked about this before, but like as a fan of real D&D podcasts like The Adventure Zone, Not Another D&D Podcast, um, a lot of us were really hesitant to start a D&D podcast. Um, I know I felt like there were just so many out there already that were doing this so well, and it was just kind of creating a bit of a glut. Um, so, you know, we were like, well, do we do this? So uh, I kind of, you know, basically did this as a joke for the holiday season um 
therefore, I, you know, I mean, this is like stupid and silly as possible by flavoring all of these characters after this like super corporate jargon and other, you know, bullshit terms that I've picked up in my day job. Um, by the way, for those of you who don't know me personally that are listening, I've worked for like 10 years in jobs across like advertising, marketing, tech, the healthcare space. I've heard plenty of corporate nonsense. So you can tell I was working through some stuff. Funny enough, I found this, you know, very simple one-shot campaign on a Reddit thread called The Wild Sheep Chase. And the idea is this the adventurers would encounter this talking sheep who turned out to be a powerful wizard that was polymorphed into a sheep by his assistant. And his assistant like basically took over his uh, his operation and polymorphed all the other people living in his mansion and was kind of and the idea is like the adventurers have to go and take control of the staff basically. You know, it's, it's easy, it's light, it was breezy enough to provide for a couple of easy fights, a few built-in skill checks, um, so I kind of just gave them the very, like, hand-wavy narrative, like, ah, oh, you're magically transported into a fantasy world, just kind of deal with it, whatever, you're here. Um, of course, as it often happens, doing something ironically turns into doing something earnestly, and by the end of writing this campaign, I fell in love with this idea of turning our, you know, mundane, stupid corporate jobs into these very real D&D classes. You know, it just, it just worked so well that Kyle's well-intentioned HR manager acts as the group tank, you know, because she's trying to protect her coworkers from the perils of litigation, or she's buffing her team with opportunities to improve company culture. Anyway, this first episode is a recut of that episode, which, again, was intended to just be a one-shot campaign, we, I later retconned this to be a part of the larger Office Drone storyline. So you may notice at the end of this episode, it sounds marginally different than the rest. Um, one, that's because it was recorded months later. But, but two, uh, that part was actually done uh, after we recorded, after we started Office Drones and then like went back. So I spliced in the retconned version that was actually part of a later episode. Anyway, it'll make sense when you hear it. Enjoy the director's cut edition of Forbergorf and the Office Drones Do a Dungeon. I'll go ahead and start with uh, Chaz Harmon IV. So Chaz, um, what you knew him as a project manager, he is being reskinned in this session as a bard. So I am here to just make everyone, you know, do a little bit better because that's what I'm here for. Skills that you think uh, a bard would typically have, like bardic inspiration, I am reskinning those as risk mitigation. So <laughs> instead of <laughs> in, instead of adding uh, a d8 to attacks as a bardic inspiration, I'm helping you mitigate the risk of battle by either adding d8s uh, to or against your skill checks or your attacks, what have you. Um, my weapon of choice is a Lenovo ThinkPad. <laughs> which I can use on the go um, to to I don't know probably attack and melee is probably what that is. I think I think my thought was it was ranged. Is it ranged? Because yeah. I'd like to be ranged. Yeah, I thought ranged. son of nepotism Chaz Chaz would have a an airbook a Mac airbook <laughs> <laughs> MacBook Air. No, I'm 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 not the most loved Chaz. He has a personal MacBook, but a professional <laughs> Lenovo. Yeah, I that's see. What it is. I see. Yeah. Some of my other things that I I think are important. Um, Another good one. So I did pick a feat, and Andrew and you all don't know about this. So the feat that I picked up was I took the lucky feat, um, which allows me That's to re-roll. 
uh, three of my roles, and I'm calling it just straight up nepotism. Um, (laughs) Because Chaz, I want to make it clear, Chaz is not actually lucky. (laughs) He was born into this role, and that's good for him. I mean, that sounds pretty lucky to me, Todd. (laughs) Ah, you know what? He was he was lucky to be born with this last name. He won the lucky dice roll early on in life. (laughs) Some of the some of the the chief um, spells that I'll probably be using today will be uh, my favorite cantrip is feedback loop, which is vicious mockery. Um, so just trapping someone in a feedback loop is probably the best thing that you can probably say as they just go mad. Another good one, act globally, think locally as comprehend languages, I think is very good. <laughs> throwing throwing someone into a tight timeline, which is known as Bane, so you just make them worse at what they're doing. Good. The masterpiece that Andrew did today um, he took the enthrall spell and reskinned it as under promise over deliver, which I think is just, just very, very good. So that is Chaz Harmon the fourth, um, your project manager manager here just to help everything go a little bit better without actually doing much. Uh, great. Yeah. So I am, I am Forbergorf as, as explained earlier. Um, that is both the, the social media handle and the name is Forbergorf, the overly excited and quick to please social media manager. I am being reskinned from a social media manager as a ranger. Some of my favorite things from this reskinning are that I get to I get to slide into the DMs as a favored enemy. Um, <laughs> I hate it. Which I think is very good. Uh, and I also have a personal brand where I can choose a favored terrain as a ranger. Nice. My hunter archetype is being reskinned as an influencer um, <laughs> that I can use my viral marketing skills, which is what I am reading is Colossus Bone Slayer. Yeah. Bone arrow. Nice. Um, and uh, I get an editorial calendar. Um, as far as my uh, my equipment goes, I have a chain shirt and a blackberry because apparently andrew is <laughs> yep. still in 2011 it just feels right that you have a blackberry yeah yeah it doesn't it doesn't feel wrong i don't know that it feels right but it doesn't feel wrong blackberry is definitely my favorite uh device to give to fictional characters because it says a lot with so little <laughs> um my favorite part of this reskinning on my side though is definitely the uh the spells that i have um, because instead of ensnaring strike, I have trending and instead of hunter's mark, I have added, which I love. <laughs> yeah, I just get to at people through this whole campaign. Um, but my personal favorite, the, the coup de gras of this reskinning is my speak with animals skill, um, or spell, which is not speak with animals. It is connect with millennials. All right. And I will be playing as, um, Karen from HR. A level four HR director, which is uh, a reskinned paladin. She will go into battle wielding her uh, clipboard, which deals one d8 slash damage, and her um, because of course it does. Of course it does, and her employee handbook, which adds two to her um, armor class. Uh, she has the safe work environment fighting style, which is the reskinned uh, protection fighting style, which is very. Very good. And just some of some things I love from her her spell s- slots that she's carrying are uh, culture fit, uh, which is protection from good and evil, <laughs> uh, conflict resolution zone, um, which is sanctuary, which is very, very good. Leadership training is reskinned bless, 
Escalation is a reskinned divine favor. And performance improvement plan is my favorite (laughs) as a reskinned searing smite. Nice. Good. Good. (laughs) That one that one feels so right. It's a very aggressive (laughs) performance improving improvement plan. A mysterious meeting appears on your Outlook calendars. 4 p.m. Thursday afternoon. The title is simply update colon important. No description. You look at the attendee list, and the only three attendees are Chaz Harmon from Project Management, Florbergorf from Marketing, which, <laughs> God damn it, he still hasn't changed his name, and, <laughs> and then uh, and sweet old Karen from HR. Uh, so you all enter the conference room at 4 p.m., and uh, you all kind of come in at the same time, and you see there's the monitor in the room. It's on, but it's just scrambled black and white mess, like the TV is on, but on the wrong channel. Uh, You sit for many minutes, long enough for it to be uncomfortable, and you hear a faint voice. Anybody out there? Hello? Need your help? Channeling your energies? You'll be afraid! You all look around to see the room itself beginning to collapse. The walls are rolling up like a box being taken apart. As the walls rescind, The office you are used to seeing is totally gone. Instead, you see just a vast expanse of green rolling fields scattered by leafy trees. Soon enough, all that remains is the three of you sitting at a conference table in an open field. Uh, Forbergorf notices uh, his phone uh, rumbles violently, and there's a little pop-up that says, Welcome to a fantasy world. You are now roaming. Oh, (laughs) cool. Um, Just remember... The things that you can do that you did in your normal life definitely translate here, but probably in a different way. So don't be afraid. Also, it's $99 per minute. There it is. So Forbogorf and Chaz see in the distance. Well, actually, they hear first. Uh, you hear uh, they hear the sound of clattering hooves, uh, surprised yelps and a frantic bleeding in the distance. Bleating. Oh, with a T. With a T. Uh, as it gets louder, you eventually see a sheep bounding towards you. Aww. The it it appears to be a yep. It appears to be a regular sheep in every way. Fluffy white coat, black face, curled horns. Uh, it appears as though it's trying to talk to you, but all you hear is baaing. I take a boomerang of the sheep. <laughs> <laughs> um, guys, uh, Ch- Chaz and is it for it's Forbigorf, right? Yeah, yeah. The sheep is. Do you guys want to get over here? This sheep is acting funny. Um, it feels like it's trying to to talk. I, that sounds crazy. But uh, Chaz says, "Yeah, yep, I'm on my way, and I'm actually not on my way." <laughs> Hello? Hello? Hi. I'm. I'm not a sheep. I'm. I'm not a sheep. My. My. I am. I am a. I am a person. Hello. Yo, Chaz. <laughs> Acknowledged. This this sheep's a fucking dude. This isn't even a sheep. What? Um. Well. Well. My my name is is Finithier Shine Bright. Did you get that? Fin Finithier. Yeah. Shine, yeah. shine bright. Um, yes. Yeah, um, is there an um, underscore? Do you have an underscore between those two? Or is I, do, that just I don't know the what handle? that is. I'm going to move on. Um. I I am a wizard. Uh. I need your help. I I I think 
I think I know why you're here. Um, and I can explain everything if you can please help me get out of this, uh, this, this bit of a pickle. Um, yeah, how are, why are you a sheep if you're a wizard? I didn't think wizards were sheep. Yes, well, that's, that's very funny. Ha <laughs> 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 Well, you'll see, you'll see the plot dictated this moment to happen. <laughs> um, well, you see, I, I am, I am a, I am a transmutation wizard, of course. You, and I'm sure you know what that is. So I won't need to explain what that is. Um, so I, I, one day my, I, I was, uh, so, well, I, I won't bore you with the details. I got turned into this by a, by a very, very powerful spell. And uh, I, I need your help into getting back a very powerful magic artifact that can turn me uh, back into my normal form. And there's definitely nobody who has it. It's very safe. No worries. How can we help you? You said you're in a pickle. How can we get you out of the pickle? Yes, yes, the pickle. Oh, boy. Uh, well, I'll, I'll start from the top. You see, uh, just then, a loud howling fills the air. The cause quickly becomes apparent as a huge half-orc swaggers toward you, pushing his way through the crowd without a care for anybody standing in his way, you know, as orcs do. Mm. In, in front of him walk, uh, to appear to be large, three large wolves wearing iron collars, while a hark, hulking figure in a dirty brown cloak travels in his wake with footfalls loud enough to be heard over the ruckus. The half-orc sets his small eyes on you and strides forward with one hand resting on the hilt of a greatsword. That sheep is Master Noakes. He desires to have it back. Uh, um, this sheep told me it's, it's not a sheep. I don't think that this sheep belongs to anybody. Karen is, uh, takes out her clipboard and because um, I'm, I'm going to have to issue a demerit. Um, your, <laughs> your workplace behavior has been very inappropriate. And she walks up to him um, and with, I'm sorry, uh, one extra D8 radiant damage, taps, hits Guz with her clipboard, um, issuing him a demerit. Orbogorf. You've just seen Karen whack this very imposing half-orc right upside of the head with a clipboard. And, and we should, we should, I should say to Karen, when you did that, you expected it to, you know, be a clipboard. Yeah, she wasn't happy she had to resort to such um, harsh methods. But this, yeah. this, this person was being very unreasonable, and she, drastic measures were involved. But when and, and you kind of your your adrenaline kicked in, you didn't really notice it. But as you like kind of reflect, um, when you picked up your clipboard, it felt a lot heavier, and you could see just like the faint outline of this enormous battle axe just slice through <laughs> the orc. And when you when you made contact, you saw like a like a shimmering light that that bounced off of its hide. Um, it was pretty fucking rad. Oh oh my. And you guys, and the two of you also saw this and are now like, oh shit, Karen. Well, well, Mr. Guz, I'm, I'm sorry I had to do something so drastic. Oh, why would you hit me? I, I was leaving. You were being very ah! hostile to my employee. <laughs> like most social media managers do, I'm going to hurt him emotionally from a distance with my Blackberry. Uh, and I'm going <laughs> to post that video of him getting whapped by an old lady all over the internet. <laughs> <laughs> sure are. 
Uh, I don't know why I feel embarrassed, but it feels like a video was just posted that I don't want my mom to see. Oh, I'm so mad. <laughs> but also, uh, shit's gone viral. I'm going to institute my viral marketing <laughs> skill uh, where I can deal 1d8 extra damage if an enemy yep. is below its HP max. Um, nice. yep. So I'm going to hit this bitch, hit this bitch twice, but in the emotions. Yeah, you are. And I'm gonna throw Karen a bardic in or a, a risk mitigation. <laughs> so, so, Karen, you can add uh, a D8 to any of your attacks or saves uh, to like hit or make the save. Give us that good, good flavor. Yeah, um, I'm gonna say, hey, uh, hey, Karen, I'm just I'm seeing how you're doing things, and um, I want you to know that if you just kind of like swing a little bit better, you'll do your job better if you just do better. <laughs> Um, um, great. Listen, Chaz isn't a good project manager. I want to make that clear. I'm going to yell out to what's the sheep's name? Did what was the sheep? Uh, Finnefear. Fin- uh, Finnestar. Fin- yeah. Finnethar Shinebright. Um, I'm gonna say they uh uh Fin Finnepear. Uh, yeah. We're gonna it's have fin- to. It's Finneth. Oh, okay, I, no, you, I'm incapacitated. Yeah, you're I'm incapacitated. Dead. You don't, you can't do that. I can't um, hear you. I'm gonna issue it a change order. Um, we're going to, we're going to, uh, uh, we're gonna have to change the scope of this project we've got going on. Um, Finnaflop. So I'm gonna throw a healing word at Finnafear, um, and it is going to heal six HP. Fantastic. So as you open up Microsoft Excel and you start shifting around your timeline, mm-hmm. um, you see a uh, a like a wispy force coming from the exhaust fan from your laptop. <laughs> And uh, it surrounds it surrounds the sheep, and he goes, and he kind of springs to life, and then uh, and then uh, Forbagorf, you hear, holy shit, what 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 happened? Why do I why why do I feel hurt but a little more at ease about timelines? <laughs> it's it's better it's better this way. The timelines have been changed. You can relax. Everything's fine. Oh, I- I feel like I have so much time to accomplish my assignments now. <laughs> All right, what's your what's your landing blow? Walk me through it. Uh, yeah, so it's gotten like super super viral. This whole hashtag grounds for suspension. Uh, so we are now going to call in some other friends. I'm just gonna dox the crap out of this orc. Everybody's gonna come <laughs> over uh, and hand him just a note that says you're suspended, and it's gonna be so many people from the crowd telling him that he's suspended that he just can't handle the embarrassment anymore. Uh, so Guz, uh, even though like his arm is broken and his leg is hemorrhaging blood, um, his <laughs> pocket, his behind his butt starts to vibrate as he pulls out his uh, his phone because he has a phone because he's an orc. Yeah. <laughs> his fantasy phone starts to buzz. He goes, no, my lo- my followers. I can't believe it. Ah. And then he just melts in embarrassment. Congratulations. You have you have succeeded this weird, weird yeah. battle. We solved your orc puzzle. <laughs> you solved you solved my very sad orc puzzle. I want to go. I'm gonna go pick up the sheep and like just hold it out towards Forbergorf and say, "All right, um, where does this where does this stupid sheep want us to go, Forbergorf?" Yeah, sheep. Um, what the fuck, man? What the hell was that? What's going on? Yeah. So okay, you got me. I'll tell you everything. Um, let me see here. 
So, okay, so I told you I'm a very powerful wizard. I super am. Check. Um, until about two years ago, I worked out of a tower and the... Al- <clears throat> you know what? I'm just going to tell you normally because this voice <laughs> is killing me. Great. Uh, okay, until about two years ago, he owned and worked out of a tower on the outskirts of town. He was a wizard of no small talent specializing in transmutation magic. His most prized possession and what you can assume would be the key to his success was an incredibly rare wand of true polymorph. One fateful night, he ended from his meditative trance to find his apprentice, Ahmed Noak, standing over him, clutching the wand. Uh, Shinebright demanded to know what the boy was doing, but the only noise he could produce was an angry, ah. uh, and, and thusly the wizard became, became a virtual prisoner in his own garden. He was forced to graze on nothing but grass and buttercups, while hungry wolves and other beasts, actually polymorphed guards, looked on. Spoiler, the, the wolves that you were fighting were not wolves, they were guards that were polymorphed. <laughs> that Karen chopped um, in half with a clipboard. That Karen indeed chopped in half. Well, you got one of them adopted, so that's kind of wholesome. <laughs> yeah. So uh, last night, he felt hope for the first time in many months when Noak left his home without closing the door. Shinebright snuck in, made his way to an old bookshelf, and stole a scroll of Speak to Animals. I just realized that we didn't do that because you had Speak to Animals. So we'll just say he, he, uh, he bolted out the door when the door was open. Sure. That's fair. Yeah. Um, he then rushed into town, basically looking for the first person he could find, which was, some, for some reason, inexplicably you guys. Hmm. So there you go. So then, so finally he explains that in order to turn back to his original form, he needs another dose of the true polymorph spell, which means, of course, he needs access to the old wand. Um, his former apprentice, uh, i.e. Noak, still dwells in Shinebright's home, um, located just to the southeast of town. So a, a plot direction that aways that is not too far away. Uh, he keeps the wand at, on him at all times and only leaves the house if he absolutely has to. Um, of course, Shinebright knows his, own, his old home's layout and can describe it and also lead you there. Plot, 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 et cetera, et cetera. Let's, let's follow this sheep to the place yeah. we go. Uh, listen, we're going to find this nerd, Ahmed Noke, Noke, whatever it was. Yeah, we're going to fight him. We're going yeah. to beat him up. I'm, I'm, I'm now, wor- it's 5.02. I'm working overtime now, and I'm not getting paid extra. I'm pissed. All right. Um, Question, wait, question for the sheep, because uh, I can talk to the sheep. Um, it, like, so if we find this flatbed Nokia guy for you, are you going to be able <laughs> to get us home? Because, like, I have shit to do this weekend that isn't here. Uh, yeah. Um, that was less <laughs> than convincing sheep. Um, no, yeah, no, I, I, I can. Okay. Definitely. Um. According to the sheep, if we find the Nokia guy, he can get us home. Um, so I, I say we go and find the Nokia guy. Yeah, I'm eating. I'm eating my bros for apps. Let's roll. Yep, we out. Cool. Let's let's go, bro hammers. Yeah. <laughs> we don't understand what the sheep is bro saying, and I hope is not in. That's people aren't no, saying that I anymore. Don't like sheep. That. I would. No, not. no. I I'm pretty sure it is. I know what's what's hip. It's what's it's cool. not. I have a lot of followers. Tubular. It's not. Gnarly. Okay. All right, we're walking. Radical. Um. You follow this path. It's no more than 20 or so minutes of following this very small sheep who's just kind of like trotting along. 
and you see you're kind of you're walking through a forested path. You see a little bit of a clearing, and in the distance uh, is a giant kind of dome structure. There's a center, um, the center platform that looks to be about sixty. It's sixty feet in diameter, and there are two side platforms that jut out. One juts out above it, and one below it. Um, the one below it has a little entryway, so you can um, you can perceive that it's basically it's a home. It's Shine Bright's home. You walk into the kind of like the the rightmost cylinder, which is about uh, like twenty feet in diameter. That's where you enter, and then you go into the main chamber, which is the sixty foot one, which does not have an entrance from the outside. And then there's a very small like pocket chamber that you can see that kind of juts out to the left. Yeah. Uh, okay, so you walk up to the door. It is locked. Oh, baby. Yeah, so I, with my urchinous background, I'm going to pick the lock. Pick that I lock, baby. Give me I a D. I don't know how you do that. Give me a D20 and then okay. add your uh, dexterity modifier okay. to it, which is three. Oh, boy. Um, 15 plus three is 18. You fiddle with the lock a couple times and uh, you hear it. Click. Hell yeah. Look at that shit I just did in real life. Shit, it's crazy. I tweet about that. <laughs> you tweeted about it. I tweet that I picked a lock today. That's uh, that's 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 that bastard Noke who stole my stole my wand, my house, and turned me into this monstrosity. Go, go, do the thing with the clicky box that you're doing, and and, and make him cry. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna sneak over there and I'm gonna peek around the corner. Um, okay, let's see what's um, can I get word. a sneak check? Or a stealth check. Sorry. Stealth check. You get advantage on it. Yep. Ooh, baby, I don't need it. That's a natural 20. Oh, dang. All right. So with a natural 20, here's what happens. So you walk in, and you see um, Ahmed Noak huddled over uh, a bunch of scrolls. He's furiously writing. Um, he's got, a, he's got just, just scrolls everywhere. And he's talking to himself. He's not. He's looking away from you. He's not doing anything, um, or not giving you any attention. He is fully one hundred percent invested in what he's doing. You can see also a giant white staff uh, that he's got kind of propped up against the table, like within arms arms reach of him. Mm. Just take the staff. I mean, that's metagame, but just take the staff. Take a take a picture of him, post it on Instagram, and it's edit a fart in. So the <laughs> the staff is within like arm's reach of him and not within arm's reach of me, right? Arm's reach of him. Okay. Um and I, how far away from him am I? I know you said the other side of the room, but like how far? Uh 35, about 35, 40 feet. Oh damn. Um so it's it would take some serious doing to like scooby-doo my way in there and get the staff if if you wanted to just like swipe it from him i would need a very high another very high stealth mm. so i'm gonna i'm gonna throw into our our company slack um what the situation <laughs> is and what i've seen in the other room um so y'all can check that slack oh, channel i can't though matt because you have my phone it's true it's Talk true <laughs> Or Chaz can check the Slack channel. I'll I'll show uh, her. I'll show Karen. Yeah, and uh, I'm just gonna I'm gonna send a poll, uh, and the poll is um, attack or take the staff. Um, I Karen I, quite doesn't I vote understand twice for us. What Slack is and can't really read <laughs> the options. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna explain to Karen exactly what Slack is and that 
her her Nokia probably doesn't work with Slack, and that um we are voting. We should vote. I'll just I'll go ahead and vote for you, Karen. I got this. Uh, okay. And uh, Forbergorf's gonna gonna he going he's gonna go be sneaky and he's gonna steal the staff and we're gonna we're gonna take destiny into our own hands. Karen, aren't you ready for that? Aren't you tired of letting life push you around, Karen? So I with advantage I roll twice. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay. So it's 14 plus 4 is 18, plus my stealth modifier is 23. 23. Yeah. Pretty good. That's pretty well, damn high. Well, Matt, with a 23, Forbogorf tiptoes quietly right behind Noke. He hears, I can't believe I did And then you, you, see for, uh, you see him turn around like suddenly, but stop. And he goes, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then you're like, Ooh! and then you slowly reach for the staff and quickly grab it before he sees it. Yeah, yeah, I did it. I did the thing. You, you slowly grab this staff. You yoink it out of sight, and then you start. You hear the the staff like start to hum, like, and and the guy turns around and it's like, what the. And and he just, <laughs> and then he immediately turns into a monster that's called a gibbering mouther, a hideous oh. lump of seemingly random limbs, organs, and facial features. Oh, and, oh no! And you're just, <laughs> oh man! Roll for initiative. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm gonna run in and start um, demanding answers, and mostly. Uh, I guess can we communicate with the the monstrous teeth thing? Um you can try. Yeah, I'm going to yell, "Hey. Hey, I think you're the reason why we're here. I'd like to leave. I'm going to miss I'm going to miss apps and and drinks with the bros." Are can you just le- yelling at that or <laughs> Yeah, why why are you the way that you are and how do we leave? <laughs> All right, well I tried. Um, so I'm going, <laughs> did you, <laughs> there's there, I had a good, a good attempt. Um, so I'm going to try, um, under promise and over deliver, uh, which is, which is the spell enthrall. So it needs to make a wisdom saving throw and that needs to be a 13. He made it. Well, then nothing, nothing happens. And I'm just standing in the room looking like an idiot. Okay. What else or- is new? <laughs> I I tried to tell him that we are going to meet his deadlines, but to not get too ambitious with his deadlines, but we'll probably meet him. But then he stopped listening because he's right. a pile of tentacles. Yes, he is. Uh, Forbogorf. Um. So I am going to uh, I'm going to at the fuck out of this guy and uh, cast my hunter's mark on this lump of things and use my last spell slot. So that gives me an extra D6 of damage uh, whenever I hit with a weapon attack. So now that that is cast, I am going to take a picture of this lump and I'm going to at this, like at a picture of Ahmed Snook and this picture with the hashtag 10 year challenge 2009 to 2019. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. Uh, Roll and attack for me. Um, 17. 
Yeah, that got it. Cool. So give me your D8 plus three, and then your D6. 11 total. Okay. <laughs> he kind of like lurches back, and you see like one of, you've like taken out one of the heads, like a Hydra, but it just kind of like a really melty Hydra. <laughs> uh, Mr. Noak, your, your behavior has been very inappropriate. Theft, um, extortion. She doesn't, she doesn't get that it's a mindless blob. Um, so we are going to, I have to put your department on a hiring freeze and um, hits it, <laughs> channels divinity, hits it with her clipboard. I don't know. I, I feel like using my, using my ThinkPad, I'm going to queue up a, uh, an email to my father um, or my <laughs> uncle who owns the company about how uh, this, this uh, gibbering tentacle monster is not uh, welcome to the holiday party. <laughs> roll an attack yeah uh that'll do that's a 21 to hit um yeah, roll that damage uh it's chaz chaz actually cast the finishing blow so the the email is so scathing um it actually was me talking about how the gibbering mouther had said some pretty unflattering things to uh, some of the co-workers around, um, specifically Karen and Forbergorf. Usually you would think it would just be one end of that spectrum, but it was both the young millennial social media manager and the beloved HR coordinator. Um, <laughs> th- this jibbering mouther had somehow managed to verbally assault both of them with one unkind phrase. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it is, but it was pretty bad <laughs> to Holy catch crap. both of those things. As soon, so as you, pre- as you click send, you see the color in the tentacle porn monster uh, <laughs> quickly starts to fade, and then the different features in its lumps start to shrink and kind of shrink into eventually evaporate into obscurity as the lump of mass slowly, slowly dissolves and turns into a black and white puddle of goo on the floor. Excuse me, uh, Mr. Barf. Um, yeah, she- question. She, um, I have questions. What, what's your question? Well, I'm sure you, I have a lot of answers, uh, but I will give you all the answers you need if you please first turn me back into my normal form. With that, staff, very much thank you. Uh, so she, I tried to turn that other guy into a newt, and it did not really go the way that I planned it going. Um, how do I turn you into a human and not a, uh, Jabbermouther. Oh, yeah. No, that's easy. You're holding it the wrong way. Oh, that's well. Oh, you know. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Just turn it around. Great. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. I, I turn it around and I boop the sheep with the staff. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that, this guy knows what he's doing. <laughs> Give it up, my man. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> I don't like that. that. I don't me. like that guttural noise that just came out of this. <laughs> oh, animal. hey, everybody. Uh, that was me. I'm the same person now. Poly- poly- I am. Polymorphing's rarely pretty tough. Now, now you've now you've seen me kind of transform like Optimus Prime. Uh, <laughs> there is some there is some weird bones in some bad places, but everything's good now. I'm shine bright. I'm back to my normal form and everyone's happy. Um, thank you, guys. Thank you all so much. For, for for killing that that piece of shit uh attendant of mine and, and giving my house back. Um yeah, I 
Hey, hey, I guess shine, like hang out. Hey, um, no, Shine Bright. Hey, we, shine have, bright. we have really um, two things. Well, we can need I to... show Shine Bright the email and be like, "Hey, what do you know about this? Uh, this we got this email, and then um, we're we're transported here, and we helped you. Can you oh. can you help us? Little little yeah, quick pro um, quo. Yeah. Uh, let me tell you what. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. Um, hang right there. I'm gonna go grab my other staff, my transportation staff. And uh, I'll be right back. Um, wait, I... Are you really gonna go get a transportation staff? I Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's just in the, my bedroom. It's just in the other room. I, I'll be I'm right passing back. out more tight. white... I, I ran make out of white make claws. A, make a pot of tea. It's all good. I'm, yeah. I'm I, passing out... I'm passing out Trulies crush, now because I ran out of white claws. a couple claws. Oh, yeah. Unfortunately, we trulies, have no Trulies the No, yeah, I brought uh, more. Not, I have them. Oh, okay. They're just not the same. Um, That's what I fill my messenger bag with. I don't... I don't trust you now that you're not a sheep. I liked you better as a sheep. I can I check to see if you're lying? You can do an insight check, yes. Yes. Okay. Uh what's that? also gonna do an insight check. I'm gonna do one with disadvantage, because I'm drunk. I got a ten total. I got a seven, so mine's lower than both those numbers. He is totally going to be right back. All right, you oh. heard it. Trulies are flowing. Yeah, so just, you know, make yourself at home, make a pot of tea, give me like three, four minutes, I'll be right back. So you, when he, when he left, you heard the door close. And, then <laughs> and a heard car a, engine a start. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you see, you don't really, uh, you see kind of like, you hear like a fluttering sound, and you see uh, the shape, like the silhouette of an owl kind of like flying by. Oh dang! Oh, man! Oh, oh dang! Guys, I think he turned into an owl and flew away. Uh, a hooded a figure, a hooded figure, excuse me, appears from the woods. Do not be afraid. I know you from another world. It may not look like it right now, but the very fabric of this world is starting to fray. Uh, strange artifacts have been popping up everywhere, and they they all bring with them untold power. I believe our worlds are melding together, yours and ours. And I'm not sure how, but I also believe that in order to save this world, we'll need warriors from yours. And that's why I've called you here. Um, hey, I just want to make it known that even though I am constantly late, uh, my work ethic is typically Karen lacking. kind of puts her hand and over, then a third over Chaz's thing that mouth. I'm not caring about. <laughs> um, sir, we're, we're not warriors. We're... We're off. We're, we're office workers. Former Gorf puts his hand on Karen's mouth and says, <laughs> I have been called a keyboard warrior on more than one occasion, and I am Karen ready swats to it away. Karen swats away <laughs> Former Gorf's hand. Trust me. Trust me. Trust me, friends. I, I know plenty. You don't have to lie to me. I know plenty well the 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 great stories of Forbagorf and the office drones. Uh, if you would just please follow me, uh, I'll, I'll I promise I will explain everything. Wordlessly mouths. Yes, yeah. I think the first time Karen and Chaz have like connected on anything, I'm like the. <laughs> <laughs> so you gonna follow him or not? I mean, I mean he's he said I was I in charge, so I'm gonna follow him. Um, yeah, we're uh, Karen follows, but she doesn't know where else to go in this this crazy world yeah Chaz does but he like takes his time like like mopes and shuffles his feet yeah. and, like sighs a lot yeah okay great great okay right right this way and he and he uh you follow him to uh, this large like ship looking uh thing it's very otherworldly um like a kind of like an airship but 
you know, it's kind of incomprehensible. He kind of looks like a monk almost, where like you can see his face, but you can you can only see kind of the outline of the bottom half of his face. A lot of it's covered by just like the shadow of his of his hood, of his robes. Um, he looks he looks at you and says, uh, "You can call me the Exarch." Hey, did you note how uh, how the Exarch said the name of the thing? All right, so after the DLC episode released, we kind of figured that was it for old Forbegor from the Office Drones. Um, fast forward a few months into 2020, and we were right on the precipice of the personal pan pizza. Um, we had talked forever about launching a Patreon, and you know, it's kind of like the conversation with the D&D podcast, like, do we do it? Do we not do it? If we do it, we gotta, you know, we wanted to do it the right way or as much of the right way as we could do. Uh, so we kind of landed on doing a premium feed. We wanted to make sure we had bonus content. Um, but where we landed is let's do a premium feed with content that is markedly different than the traditional DT format. Um, so we decided, okay, well, maybe this is the opportunity to do a, a D&D podcast. We, always, we already had these characters and we had this kind of weird corporate fantasy world. So that was it. That was the official birth of the Office Drones as a series. And the Office Drones, therefore, as the kind of flagship of our premium feed. Um, so I got right to work on sketching out my loose story beats. Um, but the first thing I thought would be fun was to do a kind of a prequel. Because, you know, until this point, all I really established is like, three of you are in an office and you're in a meeting. So I wanted to give the give the guys a chance to develop their characters a little bit more in the like real life setting in their native format, I guess. Um, so enter Marvis and Marvis worldwide. <laughs> um, so this next episode is a cut of what we called episode zero. Um, this is the first episode on the premium feed and it's called episode zero, one fateful Thursday. This is setting up Marvis and Marvis worldwide. Um, fun note, try to count how many times we fuck up the name and call it Mavis because it happens a lot. And guess what? It keeps happening for months on. I think we still do this every once in a while because Marvis and Marvis is a, a very stupid name. Uh, so yeah, so here is episode zero. It's 9.30 a.m. on a bright and sunny Thursday morning. We're going to start with uh, this week's, or this month's rather, new hire orientation. So we open with Karen leading this month's new hire orientation. Among the new employees are Dave in IT, uh, Carol in accounting, and the newest hire to the marketing team, Freddie Borgerf, who goes by his Twitter handle, Forbergerf. Uh, we see Karen, who's diligently reading from the employee handbook, going over administrative things like vacation and holidays, sick time and PO, and corporate policies. Uh, Karen, why don't you give us a little bit, uh, some choice highlights from the, from the Marvis and Marvis employee handbook. All right. Um, so we, we left off yesterday. Um, we were getting into our return policy. Um, and I just want to make sure I go over that with you because um, here at Marvis and Marvis, our return policy is very important to our corporate structure. And that is we do not accept returns at Marvis and Marvis. <laughs> um, so, so um, Freddie, especially, this is for you, Freddie. Freddie yeah. What? Freddie, huh? please, Sorry. Please pay attention. Um, uh, Forbergorf. Forbergorf? Um, for, 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 for Freddie. Um, so Freddie, you're going to be managing our social media accounts. I, is that correct? Uh-huh. Dave in IT raises his hand and he says, uh, so what, like, 
what do we actually sell here? Because it doesn't sound like we you got we do anything. Um, so we we here at Marvis and Marvis. Great question, by the way, Dave. Uh, we oh, thank you. Marvis and Marvis is a is a lifestyle uh, a, a <laughs> lifestyle. lifestyle branding company. <laughs> so we we don't. We don't like to think of us selling products so much as a lifestyle. So that's why it's very important here um, that you you pay attention to this orientation process because we're gonna we're gonna give you the language to make sure you're staying on brand and that you are selling that Mavis and Mavis lifestyle we we value so much here. Every time you say lifestyle, you see Carol's eyes light up even more. Ooh, that's fun. <laughs> Fun. Karen has a Mavis to yeah. Mavis hope. I thought it was Marvis and Marvis. <laughs> Marvis. 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 It's not Mavis Beacon teaches. God typing. damn it, Karen. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, Dave. Dave looks around. He's like, "Yeah, I'm out." Uh, Dave leaves, <laughs> never to come back. So you guys, you guys are going to continue on. Uh, Karen goes through a couple more of the finer points. She explains uh, there are four holidays here, uh, three of which are Christmas, and then. Um, <laughs> Soon, as you're going through this, you hear a little knock on the door, and you see a a man in his mid forties, dressed very well, in expensive clothing, poke his head in. This is president of the company, Jason Marvis the third. Oh, um, new new employees, please, please say hello to our um our the president of our company. Hello, hello, James James Marvis the third. Hello, new recruits. Well, I'd like to formally welcome you to Marvis and Marvis Worldwide. I hope you're getting the lay of the land here from Karen, our top HR specialist. Oh, <laughs> thank you, Karen. You'll, uh, you'll find that we work pretty hard here, but don't let that scare you because we also know how to have a good time. And yes, the beer in the kegerator is for everyone. Just make sure to not overdo it. <laughs> uh, he checks his phone. <laughs> well, uh, duty calls. Enjoy the rest of your first day here. You're in good hands. All right, gang, take it easy. Have a great first day. Oh, and uh, Karen, when you're wrapped up here, we're going to need you in conference room 12A for that uh, that thing. Great stuff. Good luck, gang. Uh, See you later. Uh, uh, He's out. Uh, <laughs> he is just gone. He is no longer in the room. <laughs> All right, so uh, we're going to move on to another player here, Chaz, uh, who has just rolled in about 80 minutes late. Um, Chaz has been late so much now that his team doesn't expect him to roll in until at least 10.15. Uh, but he, isn't, he also isn't missing, missing happy hours. So like Todd said, he's a real 11 to 3 power hour kind of guy. <laughs> and to steal a, ter- a phrase I've used before, my... Pop, my collar is generously unbuttoned. <laughs> Chaz says work smarter, not harder a lot, and then proceeds <laughs> to do no work at all. And then finger guns his way out yeah, of the room. I throw a high five and like and bump my way out. Uh, so Chaz strolls in with a mild to moderate hangover. Yeah. Um, he's, always, he's always rocking at least a mild hangover. Uh, Chaz's design partner, Trisha, is already waiting for him at his desk. Uh, so Trisha, so Chaz walks up. Trisha says, hey, buddy, you look uh, rough. Long night? <laughs> you know it. And I throw a high five at her, but she doesn't answer it. Yeah, okay. I, I don't really care. Look, I need you to route these campaign concepts through <laughs> compliance. Uh, Mike and Legal is already pissed at me about last week's display ads, so you might have to call in a favor or two. Um, just to assure him, there are, these are no worse than that crappy magazine spread that Dan had us do back in February. Oh, uh, speaking of Dan, he was looking for you. He said to pop in whenever you decided to show up. 
I'm not paying attention as I'm like stirring my coffee. And I say, I gotta go talk to Dan. All right. <laughs> so uh, Dan, otherwise known as the VP of Creative Services, aka your boss, uh, is is sitting in his office with the door closed. I, once I got my coffee and my uh, my disheveled but like properly disheveled hair, I'm going to do a. I'm just gonna walk in. Just gonna walk into the office. Spend, Door spend shut, 15 minutes in. first yep. getting the perfect uh, uh, rolled out of the rolled out of bed <laughs> yeah. hairstyle. It's that it's that um early Jim Halpert hair. Yeah, there it is. Uh, Dan Dan turns around, looks at you uh, now that you're in his personal space. Uh, oh, Chaz, uh, glad you decided to stop by today. Dan, oh, and I shoot him a finger gun with my non coffee hand. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so care to tell me what kept you so long this time? Oh, uh, you know, just working, <laughs> just working. You know that uh, it's you know it's never done. Uh, Chaz. Starting today, you're being put on a performance improvement plan. Now, I don't want to scare you here, but this is this is a pretty gosh darn big deal, okay? If 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 we don't see any improvement from you in the next uh, ninety days or so, then uh, well, then we're gonna have to take some action. Um, Karen Hill will give you the specifics. I uh, I take the sunglasses when he says performance improvement plan. I take the sunglasses that I've had on top of my head off and like <laughs> fold them beside me and give him this look and say, Dan, I, I thought we were bros. Well, well, it, look, it's, it's not just my call here. Karen here thought it would be a good idea to, to, you know, put you on this, this, this plan. And, you know, I, I, uh, Dan, I thought, Dan, I, thank, thank you, Dan. I'll, I'll take it from here. Um, <laughs> when Dan says, when Dan says, it was Karen. I I say under my breath, sucks. <laughs> Karen Karen hears you and and tries to ignore it, but is clearly bothered by it. Um, <laughs> thank you, thank you, Dan. I'll take it from here. So, Chaz, what what, uh -huh. we've, what we've really been yeah. we've really been noticing a problem with your attendance, um, mm -hmm. specifically uh, tardiness. So, uh, first thing first thing we're looking for in these ninety days is that, to have you uh, show up here on time. Uh, work starts at nine o'clock every day. In the morning? In the morning. It's nine nine, yeah. nine o'clock, bud. It's it's nine o'clock. You gotta um, you, you gotta you know how, gotta get in here. So you know how everyone's already always here, set up, ready to go when you get here at ten thirty, eleven o'clock? Um yeah, that's because they got here on time and and we're gonna need you to do that too. So the first okay, thing well, okay, well, in my in my defense, I spend at least uh, ten minutes not, circling not, for parking because everyone's already here and parked by the time I get here. Um we're not looking we're not we're not here to talk about how we're going to fix it yet. We're just looking at what we're trying to improve in these 90 days. Um, so the second thing we, wanna, we want you to improve on is uh, completing tasks. Um, so when you do complete a task, we want you to go into our, our task managing program and mark those done, please. Um, that's how we know you. Every one of them? Every single one. And but we, I, I just we I, do need I, a we do need a 100 to 200 word report on um what you did to get it done as well. Oh, that's so many what? words. It it it's it's a number of words. Yeah, it's <laughs> um so um this is this is your your formal warning that we've talked to you about it, Chaz. And if I could just get your signature here, uh, Karen, is that is that a new a new perfume I'm smelling? Um, I, I, I noticed something as you walked in the room. I think is that delightful aroma. You, you, you know what, you know what, Chaz. Why, why don't you, 
Well, I'll go ahead and sign that for you. That's fine. Karen, thank you. Can thank Karen, thank you very much. Thank you. And Karen Karen kind of leaves but has a lingering look on Chaz and and leaves. Yeah, I'll just I'll just sign that bad boy for you. Um so Chaz, now uh now we have all this un- this unpleasantness behind us. <laughs> I uh, I'm going to need you to head over to marketing. Um there it sounds like they're starting a new social media campaign and I'm already standing up and walking out of the room. <laughs> all right. See ya. All right, big guy. See you later. Hey Dan, can you throw that coffee away? Thanks. <laughs> okay. So we uh we transition back to Forbergerf, who has now found his new team. Um he's found his desk and he's met up with Melissa, the director of marketing. Um she introduces herself and walks him to his workstation. Hi, Freddie. It's so great to finally meet you. Um, I, I hope it's okay, but I gave your Twitter handle to a couple of the other team members. We all thought your live your uh, Twitter thread live tweeting The Bachelor the other night was yeah, so Yeah, thanks. Funny. I do a lot of live tweeting. I live tweet pretty much everything. Anytime something comes on, I try and live tweet it. If it's sports, I live tweet it. If it's politics, I live tweet it. If it's The Bachelor or Survivor or any other reality show, I try and live tweet it. What's your Twitter handle? I'd love to follow you. Do you have Twitter? Do you have Instagram? Do you have Facebook? I'd love to follow you and be friends on all the things. Social media. It's the best. I have... Oh, yeah. Well, I have LinkedIn. Have you heard of LinkedIn? Uh, Oh, yeah. So what did you want to talk to me about? (laughs) (laughs) So uh, I I know you haven't done a lot of tweeting on behalf of anyone but yourself, but, you know, tweeting for a company is essentially the same thing, right? Um, So what we want you to do is have you create a social media plan for Marvis and Marvis. Basically, all you need to do is, is take our Twitter handle, um, work with the design team to build new art assets, build in a new, find a new logo, create a new, uh, uh, what do you call that, background, um, create an online identity, get at least 200 followers, and then just pre-build enough content for us to tweet about uh, two to five times a day? Yeah, yeah. I, um, I, I have some credit build up on Fiverr. I think I can get a lot of that stuff knocked out. Perfect. Well, just to, just to be clear, uh, we don't have a budget like right now so you know you're gonna want to do that in-house um we don't really have any money to to bring in vendors yeah um speaking of speaking of budget i actually had a question uh and karen karen ran away before i could talk to her she actually she's got another question that i'm waiting for a response on too but um i i don't i don't really have a, a a budget per se either um you know, like we don't have a budget. I don't have a budget. Uh, and so I was just curious, like, can I can I park my van in the company lot? Is that OK? Is it OK if I put my van in the company lot? You mean the parking lot? Sure. Place? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's OK. And, it, and it's OK if it just like stays there like most of the time. <laughs> You mean like you mean like during the work hours? Well, yeah, and then like sometimes after the work hours and and like overnight sometimes, you know? Oh, well, you don't have to worry about working late. I mean, we, you know, we we we're pretty. I mean, we we work hard, but we play hard. Did you did you hear that in the orientation? Yeah, they tell, yeah, supposed I, to tell I, you that. A lot of people told me that. Um, yeah, and like and Chaz told me he leaves his car here like all the time overnight. So I, I figured it was cool, but like I just, you know, like I'm not worried about working late or anything. I just want to live in the parking lot is it cool if i live in the parking lot is that okay to make it clear i think Chaz parked on the sidewalk this morning and that's where the confusion <laughs> came from <laughs> well actually i've been i've been parked at the walmart on fifth for the last couple of nights but i was wondering if i could move over here i walked here today yeah um tell you what you know what you know what um freddie it, it as long as you get the work done 
you whatever you do in your own time is is your time. Sounds great. And and actually, you don't you don't really need to call me Freddy. My dad is Freddy. I'm Forbergorf. You can call me Forbergorf. 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 F F O R B O R G U U with the umlaut. Like you hold down the U and you get the two dots. What's what's? Why are you golfing? What's 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 the golf? There's not an L. I, I spelled the, it for you. Where did you find an L? For, for Melissa, what, what is, your name has for, L's. My name doesn't have is, L's. What is? What are you counting? Is it for for what? It's Forbergorf. For, for it's my name. My name is Forbergorf. I thought your name was Freddy. No, no. <laughs> Freddy is my dad's name and what I have to write on legal papers. My name is Forbergorf until I have enough money to change it legally. Melissa's phone starts to ring. She goes, "Okay. Um. Well. Anyway. Uh. Here's a copy of our brand guidelines. I have to run to a meeting." Um, she, she hands you this massive three ring binder with like loose leaf pages just kind of falling out. Uh, great. Uh, yeah. yep. I have to run to a meeting. So I've asked uh, creative services to swing by. Oh, there he is now. Uh, Chaz, come over here. Okay. Uh, uh, bye. Chaz walks in at his own pace. Um, <laughs> uh, she, she walks toward Chaz. Uh, Chaz starting today, uh, you're going to be part of the social media team. Uh, so it's your job to work with, um, him to make sure that uh marvis and marvis worldwide is trending sound good chaz is on tinder great he's just 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 swiping he's like yeah 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 all right um what's your name uh it doesn't matter okay sit down so i have to do a thing or or my dad's gonna take my job away so i need you to listen wait wait your dad yeah are you the second marvis I'm, I have been trying to figure out all damn day who the other Marvis I, is. I that's Chaz Marvis. <laughs> some 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 say that, that the third Marvis still haunts these halls. <laughs> no, that's we don't talk about that, and I don't have your answer. Also, it's a dumb question. All right, so um, if you have to manage our our online content, then you need to use uh, probably I don't know. We're I think we're using Wix, something like that nowadays. I don't remember. That's what sponsors this podcast. Okay, download the Wix app because you can do it from your mobile. You got it? <laughs> yep, got it. Okay, right, you, I got the app, to... so I have the app. It's on my phone. Yeah. What do I do right. now? But yeah, if you just like like go in through there, you can like manage your content. You can like schedule updates. You can oh, you can blast emails to all the people that have signed up. I've done that a couple of times with some referral codes for these shoes that I got. Man. Anyway, it's probably a good idea that I'm not doing this anymore, but like, you know, you can access it from all your devices. Like it, it links to all your and if you forget the password, it's boobs with a Z. Like just don't forget that part because that's how man you lose the password. That's a that's a shame. <laughs> but yeah, you can just you just put stuff out. I mean you man, I don't know if you realize this, but anything you put on there goes to anyone. Well, yeah, that's... You can put anything on there. That's pretty much how social... Wait, how how old are you? I'm 25. I don't know that I believe you. I'm 25, um, and none of my friends have popped a collar or seen a collar pop since middle school. Yeah, but I'm I'm 25 with no real idea of how the world works around me <laughs> because because I'm a child of nepotism. Chaz is very self-aware. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's Chaz, Chaz is the kind of guy that drives a Ferrari because he thinks that like a Ferrari will make him cool because his idea of cool is just not good. He wears he wears the Ferrari jacket when he's not in his Ferrari, so everyone knows that he has a Ferrari. Yeah. Uh, Forbergorf opens the notes app on one of his phones 
and writes, Chaz, at least 36. <laughs> we go back to Karen, who is now back at her desk. Um, she starts opening her email uh, application. And at the bottom of the unread queue, uh, we see an unread email with the subject line in all caps. It's hump day! Exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point, one exclamation point. <laughs> and the, the body of the email is just a low-res JPEG of a cartoon camel. A shiver went down Todd's spine. Yeah, I, I feel that one. It's from Jody Miller, director of HR. <laughs> I'm the director of HR. Hold on. Oh, uh, VP of HR. Okay, then. thank you. <laughs> and Karen's boss. Karen Karen has a a hearty chuckle at the hump day gif <laughs> she has been sent. <laughs> a laugh longer than anyone should. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Suzanne, who sits next to Karen, also laughs at the email. Yes. Um, Suzanne and Suzanne is Karen's best friend. Uh, <laughs> Karen is not Suzanne's best friend. Uh, so Suzanne walks to get some more water to fill up her um, her little flask thing that everyone has on their desks now. Um, so right now the 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 workspace is empty. Uh, Karen looks around to check if anyone's watching. She then opens up her personal email to see if she got any response on her job application to Marvis and Marvis Worldwide's main competitor. No response. Uh, she then looks down and remembers that she left a copy of her resume right there on her desk. What's Karen going to do? Ooh, Karen. <laughs> um, Karen. So Karen very quickly shuffles her resume away to a, a drawer where she hides where she hides her things. Her Heidi drawer, as she calls it. <laughs> She's very proud of the name Heidi drawer. And tells everyone about her Heidi drawer. It's a drawer that says Heidi, H-E-I-D-I. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, just then we get we see an urgent email come in from President Marvis. And it's just there's no body, it just has a subject line, all in lowercase. Hey, can you with the le- the letter U pop by my office? Just period, no exclamation or no question mark. THX. Hey, can you pop by my office? Thanks. Karen very like she replies, sure, comma, on my way now. They, uh, best regards, Karen. Uh, so Karen, uh, Karen walks toward Marvis's office. Um, the door is ajar, so she kind of slinks in. Um, I'll, I'll set the scene, and then, and then we'll get into it. Uh, so the office is much larger than the rest of the rooms in the, in the building. Yeah, it's the only room in the building decorated in dark wood paneling. Uh, right in the middle of the room um, sits a very expensive-looking oak table, uh, next to a almost brand new leather couch, um, you see on the walls there's you know a couple bookshelves, a series of like expensive looking abstract art pieces that somebody probably ordered from Bed Bath and Beyond, and uh, and and then right they're kind of all surrounding this large um, framed photo, this really nice wooden frame. The photo has two 80s looking guys uh, cutting a, a ribbon, a red ribbon in front of a, a big office building with the banner Marvis Bros Marvis Brothers Imports and uh, one of the men there is holding hands with a small boy uh, so Marvis looks at her looks at Karen and says hello Karen uh, please sit down um thanks thanks sir um just just admiring that that great picture of you and your brother um what what makes you call me to your office today uh well Karen actually as you know that's I'm the little boy that's my father and my uncle of course that's what I meant that's what I meant Thank you. No, no, it's, it's okay. Karen, when, uh, which, thank you for bringing it up, because I've been thinking about this a lot lately, you know, and when, uh, 
When my father and my uncle started this company from virtually nothing, uh, they built it with the ideal that each and every one of us, from the mailroom to the C-suite, is part of a team. Absolutely, sir. That's what I tell every, everyone that comes through HR, that, that we're all a team. Yes, thank you. I, I, I appreciate that. Um, and and my, my dad, my uncle, they, they carried out that ideal each and every day, all the way until dad's death. And, and I'd like to think that I've carried on his memory through a recession and through another second and much more dramatic recession. <laughs> <laughs> my, this is such a different pocket dimension. Um, my, my dad used to tell me, son, a team that trusts is a team that triumphs. That, and that's, <laughs> bravo, <laughs> bravo, sir. A single tear comes from Karen's, Karen's eyes. <laughs> uh, Karen, Karen, you're a team player, aren't you? Absolutely. Um, have, I, have I given you any reason to, to question my, my team loyalty, sir? I certainly hope not. I don't, that's, not that's not whatever, ever what Karen, I want. Karen, Karen, please, please. You're, it's, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Do you, do you know why I called you in today? Um, I do not. I do not, sir. This was a surprise. Well, we have a problem. Oh, no. This guy over in project management, uh, Chaz, I think. Uh, yes. Yes, Chaz, Chaz Harmon, um, son of one Chaz of the members Harmon. of the board, right? Yeah. Yes, uh, ha- Hammond Harmon, Dr. Hammond Harmon, yes, Esquire. Ham- Hammond Harmon, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, now, that, now that Chaz, that Chaz Harmon, he's... He's not a team player. He's constantly late. His work ethic is lacking, and his and his last three performance reviews are all less than stellar. Uh, yes, we've we've been working on the uh, Chaz Harmon problem for a while now, sir. Um, I just spoke okay. with him this morning, actually. Okay. Now, I, what did you say to him? What What was the plan of action? Well, we gave him we uh, me and his his. Uh, boss, his project manager, gave him ninety days to to mm-hmm. show to turn his act around. So we we told him he's got to show up to work on time and complete his tasks every day for the next ninety days, and we will reevaluate mm-hmm. at the end of that time period. Yeah, I just uh, I don't know, Karen. I, I I don't think that's that's enough. Okay, you know, as you know, since his father is on the board. Um, I fear this is how he's gone on for this long, but you know, I don't have to tell you we've, we've, we've received more than enough complaints from him and most of our employees who even those that just have a tangential relationship to him. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm aware of uh, Chaz's record. We've, yeah, we, we've got a big, big file on him over in HR. It's, it's kind of a joke we throw around every once in a while. Yeah. Well, well, Karen, like I said, you know, I, a team that trusts is a team that triumphs. Absolutely. I, I, wanna, I really want us to, to live that value today. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pitch something to you. Now, it's not the perfect solution, but, but it's a solution. So the board is pressuring me to make budget cuts. And as much as I want to avoid having to remove people from our family here, I have to. So I've decided on minimal impact. I'm going to cut the social media team which is right now just that one millennial kid you had in orientation today. Freddie, yeah, yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, so so I, I've, I've also uh, I asked Melissa to transfer Chaz to her team effective immediately. So what I want you to do is inform the two of them, the two of them that the social media team is being cut uh, moving forward. 
immediately. I I just want to be clear, sir. You want me to let let our social? You want me to tell Freddie and Chaz that they're they're being let go today? I do, I do. Um, they they will be provided a severance package for uh, every uh, for every year they worked, but they'll need to remove their things from the building by the end of the day. That's such a shitty severance package. <laughs> 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 Freddie here is $23. <laughs> so uh Karen, can you do that for me? Um um I I I guess so, sir. Um it, you know, it's it's not not my favorite part of being in HR, but it is it is a necessary part that we've got to we all got to do our 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 role. Um Great. And, and Karen like just kind of quick hurriedly gets up like she's she doesn't want to talk Great. about firing people anymore. All right, and as as Karen walks out, uh, you hear him say, uh, "I'll I'll have my assistant set up a meeting, so just hang tight until you see it, and and please, Karen, keep this between us." Of course, sir. And she shuts his door, I guess. Okay, so I know it's pretty wild that we are more than an hour in, and I'm just now introducing you to episode one, but just like play with me in this space. Okay, so at this point, we've set up the corporate world of Marvis and Marvis worldwide. And we've introduced some characters that might show up again. Chekhov's marketing manager. We'll see. Episode one now was the real, actual, legitimate start to this corporate D&D venture. Uh, we, like I said, before, like you heard before, we got that little retcon snippet at the end of the, the Wild Sheep one-off. Our heroes were approached by this mysterious man calling himself the Exarch, who claimed to know how to get them home. We'll see if he actually does. So episode one's going to introduce us more to the Exarch and his team aboard their very Final Fantasy-ass airship. Uh, along the way, they get attacked, surprise, because they are heroes riding in a vehicle in a fantasy world. Um, episode two concludes the conflict that was set up in one, so I'm actually going to let these two just play together so you won't hear from me again until after episode two. Um, I do want to share, you know, one of the hardest things I think about being a DM is towing the line between giving your players a well-crafted narrative without railroading them so much through this like Disneyland-esque theme park ride, right? It's 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 tough. Case in point, episode two, you know, I had uh, written out all of the, the dirty details to this world before we recorded, but I I wrote it in such a way that I wanted them to see what was happening like I you know I, I wanted them to generate the questions and I wanted them to just get thrown in um, which is really easy to do in a in in like a video game or a book or a movie um, but it's really hard to do in D&D because at any point your players can just say like wait what's going on <laughs> and so that's that's what I didn't account for I didn't account for that the players would just be smarter and and like not blindly accept what was going on um, rightfully so. And, uh, and, you know, continuously ask the NPCs, NPCs like, Hey, what the, what the fuck is happening? Uh, so you'll, you'll notice there are a few points here in episode two where I'm just like, I'm really just trying to shrug them off unsuccessfully because they kept hitting me with good rolls. Um, but I think it worked out. It's, you know, it's definitely like, this is a great example of the more that you DM, the more you learn. And, and that's, that's, you know, that's the trick. Anybody out there who, hasn't dm just thinking about it you know just know like you can spend hours and hours and hours building this like perfect campaign and this like amazing narrative 
your players will always, 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 always find a way around it. You, uh, they'll always figure out how to break the thing that you've built. And that's, I think, like the one cardinal rule to DMing. So, you know, you just you learn to accept it and you just get real good at ad-libbing. Uh, anyway, so enjoy episodes one and two. We open, we open, camera, camera on, camera roll. We open with the Exarch leading a team through the path in the woods to an open clearing. Sitting in the clearing is what looks like a large pirate ship, but instead of sails, it has a series of horizontal propellers. The Exarch looks at you all and says, please follow me onto the ship. I'll, I'll take you to someplace safe where we can talk. I promise you'll get all the answers you need then. Um, Karen follows him onto the ship because she's never seen a ship quite as cool as this one and wants to be on it. Uh, Forbergorf turns around to take a selfie with the ship and then proceeds to go onto that ship. Chaz pops his collar and tries to bump Forbergorf while he's taking the selfie. <laughs> as, <laughs> as, the, as the two of you enter the, er, approach the ship and Forbergorf is taking a selfie, uh, you can tell that the ship itself is not sitting in the clearing, but actually hovering slightly above the ground. It's a, it's a looks like a giant wooden arc, almost. A, uh, a large wooden plank then lowers down from the hull of the ship, uh, connecting straight down to the grass. Um, standing right outside the entrance, you see the figure. It looks like a man, but with like a lizard's body. And he's just kind of like leaning against the, the entrance to the ship. I turn around to take a selfie with the lizard man. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, lizard, the lizard looks at you and just shoves you. Then <laughs> like, he, uh, he, uh, he looks at the Exarch and says, Boss, we've been here too long. It's it's only a matter of time until they find us. Karen extends her hand and like tries to introduce herself in a very like professional like Hi, I'm Karen. What's your name? Uh he looks at you and he looks back at the Exarch and he says, Please tell me these stringy humans are not them. Um Karen Karen retracts her hand and like stringy and just kind of walks walks up the plank and goes in, I guess. Chaz tries to puff out his chest. He's been doing 20 push-ups every morning, and he is not stringy. <laughs> he has uh, a copy of P90X. <laughs> he yeah. hasn't used it, but he's got the copy. The the Exarch kind of intercedes, and he says, Lamit, my friend, please do not worry. Uh, as underwhelming as some of these folks may appear, I promise you they are champions, and you will show them the same respect that you show me. I think uh, Chaz, Chaz is instantly pumped by being referred to as a champion. Um, that was actually the name of his high school rock band, The Champions. Very nice. They all Very played nice. guitar, all of them. They all played guitar. <laughs> Karen's, Karen's up on the deck now, not hearing any of this, looking around the deck of the ship. She's gone all the way up. I have walked away from the ship and am now trying to take a selfie where it looks like I am holding the ship up <laughs> i can't get the angle right though all right as you as you walk up to the main deck uh you can see two adolescent uh elves and you know them to be elves i assume like your characters have seen lord of the rings like you sure. probably can understand like basic fantasy mumbo jumbo sure um you can see two adolescent elves both dressed in op opulent robes uh standing against the edge of the deck one is male and the other female, and they look pretty much identical. Guys, those are those are elves. I remember seeing them in Lord of the Rings three. <laughs> you... <laughs> God damn it! All right, thanks, thanks for thanks for setting that up. Is that the one with uh, Orlando Bloom? 
Yeah, that's uh, that. I didn't uh, see the first two, so I don't know if there are elves in the other. But I saw the third one because of all the fighting. And they were there were elves. He's so he's so handsome. <laughs> as you uh, as you as you're you're having this aside, you can hear uh, the two elves are arguing with each other, and you can kind of uh, you can hear the little bit of this conversation. Um, you see the male elf uh, yelling at, his, at what you imagine to be his sister. Um, you you can't ex- just expect to pull pull a move like that and come out unscathed. You aren't a goddamn warrior, Allie. Alfie, little brother, you worry too much. You need to trust me. I'm your elder. By seven minutes, and you know I hate when you call me that. He, the exarch comes up and he uh, he tells you uh, these and these are the twins, um, Alessandra and Alphineus Felthun, the youngest ever to graduate top of their class from the magical academy in the northern continent continent of Dravania. Karen walks right up to him and and sticks her hand out to shake their hand and and introduces herself. Hi, I'm I'm Karen. I'm the I work in HR at Marvis and Marvis Worldwide. Um, what's what's the deal with this ship? This is a cool ship, isn't it? This is so cool. The uh, the female elf just comes over and she's like, "Hey, uh, you can call me Allie." And uh, as she she opens her, she kind of uh, get, j- opens her arm to you and blows snot in her arm, and then uh, then like extends her extends her hand. Um, you you guys are weird. Um, yeah, I, I we could say the same thing. This is this is fun. Um, nice to meet you. <laughs> the, uh, the male elf then kind of comes and intercedes and he says, uh, allow me to apologize for my sister's lack of etiquette. Um, Alphinus, Alf, wait, what did I say? Alphinus. Alphinus, <laughs> Alf, Alphin, uh, it's Alphinus. Alphinus. It's just hard to say. <laughs> Alphinus Orvilia Failthun third of the house of Zamel at your service. Um, that's a, that's a really hard name to say. Do you have a, do you have a shorter name? Your name's just kind of complicated. When Formigorf says that, Chaz, go, Chaz just stares slowly at him. <laughs> so does so does Karen. Uh, the the female elf just kind of laughs. She says, "He, you can call him Alfie. He uh, he forgets that most folks don't live all their days in stuffy castles, kissing rings." Oh, like like Alfalfa. Can I call you Alfalfa? Are you cool with Alfalfa? She she laughs, and uh, he looks very perturbed. Great, Alfalfa it is. <laughs> uh, the the exarch says uh, y- young Alphinus here was the academy's finest medic, and Ali's evocation magic is quite the sight to behold. Karen makes a note of evocation and, and looks very confused. But all right, a, a doctor and and a magician. Um, nice, <laughs> nice to meet you two. And and kind of goes back to the edge of the boat to figure out what's going on. Uh, as you as you kind of as you go up, you see uh, a smaller figure. Um, kind of standing by the front of the ship, by the the big old captain's wheel, uh, and he says, "Oi, sir, we best be getting our irises out." I, fuck, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna <laughs> not do. Okay, I wrote this to be. I cannot do a Scottish accent. I can write a Scottish accent, but I can't do. You just one. have to say "oi." Yeah, oi, everything. <laughs> And say, call, call everyone governor. This sounds like Gov- Villager Jim from the Witcher episode. Sounds yeah, it exactly it like is. Villager Jim. Boy, Witcher! Yeah, there you go. That's all the accent you need. I'm not good at accents. If anyone, that's like... But he loves the, doing that's them. In the, that's in the debate this meta. All right, so I am not going to do this accent, but just assume that I'm doing this in a, in a perfect Scottish accent. Wait, pause. Special request. Can you read it straight without accent? 
However, read the words that you wrote in <laughs> yes. the Scottish accent. I will do that. Perfect. Thank Boy, you. sir, we best be getting getting our arses out of here. Shriekers will be closing in fast. Who who the l are you lot? This content is being brought to you by consummate professionals here here at the Bankus. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say this in a human way, uh, sir. We we've got to get out of here. The shriekers are closing in fast. Who the hell are you? Who the hell are we? What the hell's a shrieker? That sounds not ideal. You hear a loud roar from the engine room as the ship begins to rise above the clearing. Now it's taking off. Kyle, is there anything you want to do? Uh, Karen is immediately um, seasick and amazed. <laughs> 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 um, so for the other two, not Karen, uh, you can see uh, as you pass the tree line, you can then start to make out the tops of the trees and then uh, that cabin that felt that feels like years ago but was only you know 10 minutes ago um <laughs> of uh, finithir shine bright uh quickly diminish as the ground below starts to lose detail you are now in the air and you are uh you are heading at full speed uh chaz chaz thinks this is metal as hell um i would like to look around for a fastened seatbelt sign uh you do not see any also you notice that there are no seatbelts at all okay um I am slightly more concerned. <laughs> <laughs> How's Karen holding up? Um, come, come back to Karen. She's, she's here, but okay. she's, she's uh, very seasick. Does anyone have any Dramamine? Uh, <laughs> Chaz reaches into his messenger bag and pulls out three miniature bottles of Bailey's. Um, <laughs> Karen <laughs> swipes one and downs it real quick. She needs something. It's not going to make it better. It'll definitely make it different. Kyle, Kyle, can I get a con save, please? Constitution <laughs> you, saving throw. You sure can. Um, 16. Awesome. That's, pretty good. Uh, that's really good, actually. So that somehow the, despite the fact that you just ingested warm alcohol and heavy cream. <laughs> yeah, um, it's not the, good. <laughs> the That combination um, somehow settles your stomach. I guess the... Uh, the cream was what you needed to kind of cut the the acid that had been uh, bu- bu- bubbling up because I'm pretty sure your entire diet has been like four skittles this whole day. Am I am I right? You're not you're not too wrong, but um, if, I, the, if I remember correctly, the the small amount of booze kind of helps. Everything's wavy now, so she's kind of yeah. like like all right, you're, all right, we're your equilibrium's here. you're back on track. Your yeah. equilibrium's back on yeah. track. Just as Karen starts to get her her sea legs, a blood curdling shriek. Uh, can be heard from the trees below, kind of like a ah! uh, followed by a constant whooshing. Um, it almost sounds like uh, think about like when when you hear like a thousand bats kind of fly from a cave. It's just like how about that foley work, huh? <laughs> I'm I'm transported. <laughs> my, my sound effects are three times as better than my uh, my. Yeah. Accents. Accents. Uh, Chaz. Chaz wants to go investigate this. So Chaz walks up, uh, starts to head back toward the deck, and Chaz slams right into uh, Lamit, the lizard man. Uh, Get out of my way! <laughs> Chaz. Chaz purposely tries to do the thing where, like, you step at the same time in the same way as they do to go past each other. He's like, he's like trying to like get past you and he just kind of like peeks over your shoulder when looking at the exarch he says sir they found us what are your orders because he's a he's a lizard lizard boy <laughs> yep exarch says damn it wedge full speed ahead double time 
let's try to outmaneuver them. Um, hi, hello. <laughs> question from the back again. Yes, me with the yes. question. Um, yes. Who is they? Who are we running from? What was that? What's going on? Can you answer some questions for me? I have questions. Can we see this, the Shrieker? Uh, you can't hear anything. Or you can only hear. You can okay. only hear that. Okay. But, but it is like a... Ah, ah, ah. It's getting louder. That's what okay. that was. Hmm. I'm sure you can edit that to make it sound real good. I can. Yeah, I think it was fine as is. No. To answer, the Exarch looks over at at Forbergorf and and, and says, uh, "My friend, I, I'm I'm very sorry. I understand this. Look, this sounds confusing. All you need to know is we need to get the hell out of here." And then he turns back to um he turns back to Lamit standing standing right behind Chaz, <laughs> still kind of hanging over his shoulder. Uh, he says, "Lamit, divert all power to the ship's engines." And then he screams, and then he yells for uh, Ali, Alphinus. Try to blow those bastards out of the sky. He then looks at you all, uh, specifically Forbergorf, and says, can I count on you for some help should it arise? I mean, yeah, but like, I would really like to know what's going on here. Um, you, I, I get answers and you get help. How's that sound? Fair enough. So as the three of you head toward the bridge, all three of you uh, can see what looks like, um, you guys have seen bats before, probably a lot. Um, they look like bats, except, oh no, they're very much not bats. They are six kind of humanoid figures with bat wings. Uh, they preach from the tree line, and that screeching sound is getting louder and louder. And they, they appear to be very far away at first, but they're also clearly gaining ground rather quickly. And, uh, and as they start to get closer, you can close in on some of those details. Um, so you can see the, the bat-like wings, but those wings are looking more and more ragged as they, come, as they get up close. And then upon further glance, as far away, you could, you could see that it was like, they looked like just like humans, like head, arms, feet. And as, as they come closer, those human features are less and less recognizable. The creatures are moving at like an erratic pace, you know, kind of like bats would kind of flit about, but, but very, very uncomfortably erratic. Um, you can see where there should be eyes. There's just these jet black orbs and they're moving almost independently from their heads. Um, their, their cheekbones are completely gone and their mouths are just kind of agape. Uh, their chests are completely sunken in. Um, other showing what would have otherwise been a rib cage, but just nothing there. And uh, their hands, their arms, their feet, their legs are replaced with bird-like claws and talons. Karen very dramatically points at them and shrieks. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the Ned Flanders shriek off of the Simpsons. <laughs> um, Chaz, Chaz very like matter-of-factly while he reaches for his Lenovo ThinkPad yells, what'd you say, there are six of them? Six of them, yes. Six weird as shit bat things off the stern. Let's go. The shriekers come uh, come up close. They are they are coming and closing in fast, and they're going straight for Allie. Uh, so what you can see if you look over at Allie, uh, at this point, Alphinus has thrown the binoculars, and Allie is starting to um, prep like a like a magic spell. You as Matt, Kyle, and Todd know this to be a magic spell, but you as Chaz, Formagorf, and Karen look think that she just looks like she's like at a rave basically <laughs> um she looks at you and she says hold them off i'm gonna blow these motherfuckers out of the sky if if shit's about to pop off then uh chaz knows what he wants to do uh chaz wants to call for a burn rate meeting 
because we need to talk about uh, we need to talk about the things that are falling apart here, which actually okay. means he's gonna <laughs> cast fairy fire. Nice. Well, first you're gonna we're gonna roll initiative, yeah, that's but that's cool. You get that in the, get that move in the chamber. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. Um, are Karen and Forbagorf equally as gung ho as Chaz is about? Karen is still screaming. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's I was true. gonna say like I don't know if you want to do like a disadvantage on the the initiative or how you want to play it, but Karen is we'll is terrified. She is like in over her head. Uh, okay, so you see this mob of shriekers head straight for straight toward Allie. So three of them are gonna head for Allie. And then the other three are gonna head for um, who's standing in front next to like in front of the stern. Is it is it Karen at this point, or did somebody flip around? It should be me, I think. Yeah, I think Karen. Or Ch- Chaz might be in front of me because he was at he was talking to. Um, it, as much as I want to say it was Karen, I think Chaz thinks a lot of himself, and I think it was Chaz. All right, so I'm gonna. Am I close to Chaz and Allie? Who am I closer to? Uh, let's say so. Chaz is gonna get. They're gonna go. We're we'll say two are gonna head for Chaz. One's gonna head for you. You're kind of standing like I imagine, like directly behind or kind of like to the right of and a little bit behind of Chaz. And then Allie's to the left of Chaz, um, kind of like in the corner of the stern. And then Forbogorf's in the back. I'm fucking taking selfies or doing something. Weird. So everyone within five feet of me, they get okay. disadvantage when attack. Got it. So anything attacking Chaz, we'll call that disadvantage. Okay. Yeah, you get to you get to impose that one time. Chaz, what's your AC? Uh, a, t- a lot. It's fifteen. Okay. So uh, you got out of those. Uh, so out of those two, you got hit once. Um, All so right. So you're gonna take. So what happens is uh, one of the two of the shriekers just kind of swarm you. Now these guys, while they look fucking terrifying, but they also look. Um, actually, can I get a little perception? Just for, yeah, I got for funsies, a little, um, little flavor. It's, it, it's it rhymes with a with a well, it's a one. So Ooh, <laughs> it rhymes it. with fun. <laughs> yeah. These things, these things may as well be bats. Yeah, they're bats. They're they're bat. They're Batman. Eighteen. Thanks for your honesty. Uh, from Karen. Yeah. So Karen can tell. Um, and again, Karen's worldly. Like she's seen movies. She's seen fiction. These things look like zombies. Like they are gaunt as all hell. Um, they do not look healthy. They also don't look like they're like they almost look feral. Um, so you know, very much like you would imagine being attacked by bats. Like there's no rhyme or reason to this. There, it's just it's just chaos. Okay. Okay. All right. So what's going to happen is two those two shriekers swarm uh, Chaz, uh, and fortunately uh, Karen was able to um, kind of. What is that? Your shield protection? Yeah. So that'd be my my employee handbook. Your employee handbook. So let's so we'll, we'll make this as fun. So Karen Karen knows that her employee handbook has some magical properties, but she obviously doesn't understand it yet. Um, so I, I like to think that Karen is probably you know she's still terrified, and she like similar to like how somebody would react by being attacked by back. She just kind of like crunches up and holds her book in front of her face. Um, so the book. <laughs> kind of reflects some like emits like some powerful light and blinds one of the uh and just kind of like like a like a photo going off just quickly blinds one of the shriekers and it just like rah! um and the other one uh, the other one is able to ignore it and uh slashes uh Chaz with its tail um for six damage. That sucks. <laughs> yeah. That's I think that's what Chaz actually says too. Yeah. He's like, ah oh, this sucks a lot. So Karen, Karen, emboldened by the flash of light from her employee handbook 
and the Bailey's kicking in, gets <laughs> like pulls her um, clipboard out of her her messenger bag and um, swings at the closest screecher and you know clips him in the face with it uh, for one one d eight slash uh, so five. Awesome. All right. So you she takes her thing. She kind of like like uppercuts it with her with her clipboard. Um, and do you remember? And, and it's been it's been a while, but remember back in that original campaign when uh, when Karen first did this, the the kind of visage of a battle axe came through. Yes, uh, and it was like it was very quick. It was very faint, but it was it was very that much there. Um, this same thing happened, and Karen like almost forgot about it, but was like you know. Like oh yeah, and uh, I would like to think Karen's a little more empowered and probably isn't as terrified anymore. Oh yeah, every every weakness these things show, Karen's a little more like, all right, we can do this. Yeah, and I can't I can't understate the or overstate the Baileys enough too. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Um, uh, Chaz, you just got scratched by a bat man, a it's man a, bat. It's a man bat. <laughs> it's a man bat. Um, but you're you're. Your new savior, Karen, is is looking really empowered, and you just saw a giant axe made of light emanate from a from an employee handbook, which is pretty dope. Um, what do you want to do? Chaz is pumped that he gave her the Baileys to empower her in this moment. <laughs> um, so uh, Chaz is going to do, I guess, two things. One, he's going to uh, call for that burn rate meeting. So effectively, he's he's assessing the situation, seeing we are normally be hemorrhaging money. But it seems like we are hemorrhaging resources, which is blood. We are literally bleeding. So he is going to cast Fairy Fire on, I think you said there's three attacking Alley. There's three attacking Alley, yeah. So he's going to cast Fairy Fire as long as they are in a 20-foot cube. He's going to try and hit just those three. So for the duration, which can be a minute effectively, uh, all attacks against those two that failed have advantage. So... He's then going to uh, he's going to yell back to Forbergorf and say, "Murder the ones covered in sparkling magic," because I guess that's what we're doing today. <laughs> and and he's also going to uh, uh, offer him some risk mitigation, which is a bardic inspiration. So Forbergorf, you can add one d8 to any d20 roll that you make. Cool, Forbes. Uh, after witnessing. Uh, the woman who was going to fire you um, uppercut a cut a demon with a light axe. Um, <laughs> what what uh how, what, how you feeling? Oh boy, um, I was very hesitant to come up here because I'm still not totally sold on this whole Exarch situation. Uh, but I'm now completely in it because there are attacking man bats. And I, I have realized that this situation is bigger than my own, my own thoughts. Um, all right. So at this point, you see, so this is Allie's turn. Uh, so like I said, there are three that are kind of swarming her. So she's going to take, like, she's going to take a big step back. And uh, you see this massive ball of fire. And it's not really a ball. It's more just like a, like a stream of fire emanating from her fingertips. Um, and... She says something really cool that I can't think of right now. And <laughs> just like in an instant, the, all three of those things, you see them just burn to a crisp, like disintegrate. Like they look like the char on a grill after it's been cleaned. It just it, nothing. Just ash 
floats away in the air. She's good at this. <laughs> She's real good at this. <laughs> yeah, she she fucking rules. I definitely mutter a, a holy shit from the backfield. Yeah. Karen yells language back to him. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to hit yeah. the one attacking Karen with my Lenovo ThinkPad. I'm going to I'm going to really think about how it could be doing its job better. And so <laughs> I'm going to attack it. Um that's a 21 before I roll bless, so I'm assuming that hits. Uh yes, it, it hits. Yeah. Uh oh, that's max damage. I did 11 damage to it. Ooh, it did not like that. Um you can see so uh so interestingly enough, um you saw this a little bit when Karen when Karen sliced through the first one, but your Lenovo ThinkPad, um, when you, what do you actually do with your Lenovo ThinkPad? Like, how do you attack with it? In my mind, um, Chaz is like rearranging the order of what a project is or adding critique to projects on his yeah. Lenovo ThinkPad. <laughs> okay. Um, and the way that comes out is, I guess, like Chaz puts input into that and then it like directly affects what he's attacking. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. So you, you do that, and uh, when you when you whip out your Lenovo ThinkPad, again, this is like you've you've seen this happen before, but um, it's happening a little more defiantly this time. Where your Lenovo ThinkPad, you kind of feel like a warmth from it, and not because it's a fucking laptop, but like there's a warmth from it, mm -hmm. um, and you can see like a very dull purple glow around it, and it's almost like. When you when you do your when you send your Jira task whatever the fuck you just did, <laughs> uh, you can see like a like a purple dart almost heading straight for the shrieker. Nice. Um, and it didn't like that. It like it cuts a hole like the dart goes straight through like it's it like the bottom left side of its chest and just like um, didn't like that. Is that is that sound effect? <laughs> it was that was good. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Once mm -hmm. again, transported. Just. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, Forbagorf, uh, it's your turn. Uh, so I'm going to cast Hunter's Mark, and by cast Hunter's Mark, I mean I'm going to at that shrieker, um, <laughs> and I'm going to I'm going to tag him in this next tweet of trying to re-upload the same tweet, which is uh, 14 damage total. And which one you're hitting again? The one that Karen hit earlier. Okay. Yep. So um, tell me how, so this thing is dead. Uh, why don't you explain how. How, how dead uh, it is. It, how you attacked. Yeah. Tell me, how, tell me how you attacked it. Yeah. So I tried to re-upload that same video um, and it wasn't working on Twitter. So I uploaded it to YouTube first and <laughs> it got noticed by the actual Perfectly Cut Scream Twitter account. And then they reshared it and it got like 100,000 views immediately and i assume that the the internal pain of all of those eyes viewing that shrieker being smacked by a 40 year old woman's clipboard caused it to implode mentally and it exploded <laughs> uh similar to when chaz uh, attacked that last one you can see that that uh that purple haze that came out of chad's thinkpad it blows up it kind of like it looks like almost a bomb exploding inside the shrieker and it explodes in this like cloud of purple mist. <laughs> is that is that you needed? It was good. <laughs> <laughs> I needed that sound effect before I could like fully process what happened. What level of Patreon do we have to let someone get to when we can let them record our sound effects? Um, you see two kind of sets of three each swarm up from the tree line. So more more are coming at you. Uh, you've got one more directly on deck, who is 
engage directly in combat with Chaz. And uh, it is going to attack Chaz. Do you want to impose disadvantage again, Karen? Yes. Karen's, like, in it now. She's, like... Like, she's protected Chaz once or twice. She, like, killed one. Yeah. She's, like, jacked. The adrenaline is pumped it, pumping. That's awesome. This uh, is the you... best she's felt since she took that week of uh, kickboxing classes. <laughs> uh, you've, well, you've, you've, you've successfully uh, imposed disadvantage again, and the Shrieker missed for a third time. So I'll tell you what, give yourself an inspiration point, because, uh, like you said, yeah. Karen, Karen's, Karen's in it. She's in the zone right now, baby. In this, like like amped up state she kind of like is figuring out that her handbook and her clipboard uh do stuff now um she attacks the one that attacked chaz with her clipboard um and she is going to what amounts to channel divinity she's gonna um like add some extra oomph to it and hit the thing so i get to add oh well i nat 20 so oh attack nice i crit it on my attack all right yeah. So nine and seven is math. Um, 16. 16. 16 to it. Kyle, tell me how Karen obliterates <laughs> this fucking shrieker. So she, she once again, like, I'm assuming, because they're flying, right? So she kind yeah. of attacks up with, at it with her clipboard and just, like, rips it in half with, a, a, like, a, <laughs> a slice of light and her clipboard. And Amazing. And it just, like... Like I'm, I'm imagining it like kind of flying at her, and she like, like home run bats it, and it just like slices in half, and both halves like fall to either side of her, and once again just amped as hell is like woo, (laughs) (laughs) awesome. So this thing, this thing just dissipates into dust. Yeah, Um, you see that that very familiar purple fog kind of like emanates from inside of it as it as it just kind of goes away. Allie looks over you and she's like, holy shit, that was amazing. And then she high fives or she goes for a high five. Do you high five her back? Oh, absolutely. Like does the like looks at her elbow, like gets the the perfect high five, the 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 smack of two palms meeting kind of reverberates across the deck. Nice. Thanks, Matt. Um she looks back and she says, Alphinus, patch patch our new friends up. So we'll say you all hear, it's pretty obvious. You hear another screech, but this time it's much more lower pitched and got a lot more, we'll say, volume to it. Um, it's got a lot more oomph to it. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate uh-huh. that. You're welcome. And after you hear that, you kind of hear, like, you, you feel like a rumble. You, you, you don't feel it, but you see, like, the trees kind of, like, birds scatter and there's, there's a rumble in the forest below. And uh, immediately the shriekers stop, like they just stop cold. And the ones that the ones that were going straight after Allie, the ones that the one that was in combat with Chaz, stop. And they immediately start to flee. At this point, I'll give that means um, Chaz can probably get a, a attack of opportunity if you want to take it. Yeah, I mean, I can still use my Lenovo ThinkPad to just be with disadvantage since it's in melee. It's still a pretty good attack. Fifteen to hit. Yeah, that'll do it. Actually, it's more than that even, so yeah. That is 11 damage. Nice. Um, we'll say, since it, it kind of turned heel, um, you blew off its tail. Uh, so you just, like, sliced its tail clean off. Good. And that little bit of a, of a purple smog, um, as you hear, like, and it just kind of, like, scutters away. 
You see Ali just start to jump up and down cheering like, yeah, you bastards. There's more fire where that came from. Um, <laughs> she's, she's real excited. Uh, and and Alphinus walks up and he says, uh, Ali, I, I don't think they're running from us. Um, you, hear, you hear another low-pitched screech and then it fades. Uh, a few seconds pass. There's a, there's a dead silence. And then, boom, a huge tremor rocks the entire ship. So you just like imagine like Star Trek original Star Trek. Oh, Captain! Everyone oh. stumbles oh. one side. <laughs> Everyone stumbles one side. Uh, can I get Dex checks from the three of you? Yeah, yeah, that's oh, my good one. That's not gonna be. Oh, uh, sixteen, 16. for Chaz. Six, sixteen. Ooh. Okay, twelve. Awesome. Uh, so all three of you, uh, just you kind of, you guys, you guys have ridden the subway quite a bit uh, on, <laughs> in your commute to get to, to get to work. Chaz is um, not. You're, Chaz, well, Chaz has never ridden any public transportation, but the other two have. Uh, so you're you're pretty comfortable with kind of like bracing. You never lock your knees. So you're able to brace when there's <laughs> ever, whenever there's big movements, and you guys can uh, all three of you keep your footing, uh, which is good. As I said, that's you can hear that loud, low pitched screech. Um, the figure of a gigantic winged demon appears in frame directly below the hull of the ship, uh, and you hear Wedge say. Goddamn Shrieker crashed right into us. Um, this giant winged demon uh, looks very different from the Shriekers that you just saw. Um, you can feel a very powerful energy emanating from this, from this creature. Um, Allie just like drops, um, like just, just is paralyzed. Uh, Alphinus drops his staff. Um, so Chaz and Forbes... Uh, you guys see, you guys look at this monstrosity straight in the face. So remember how the old shriekers, like they, you know, again, they look like zombies. They look, they're just like sunken in. This one, this looks much more like a, an actual person, like an actual human. It's got more human features. It's got a, a full face. It's got abs. This thing is cut as all hell. <laughs> it's got, it's got, <laughs> it's got bat wings, but this time they're like they're not they're not frayed. They're they're very full bat wings. Um, its r- eyes are like a deep ruby, um, and it, and again, unlike the shriekers, were just kind of like moving erratically. They were kind of you know like feral animals. Um, this this demon that you're looking at looks directly at you. It fixes its gaze on you. You, it doesn't say anything, but its mouth is open. And, uh, and you can see kind of this like dark purplish steam coming from, just like coming from its, from its figure. Let's see here. On its, in its left hand, it's holding a big pitchfork with two prongs. Um, those prongs are like red hot. So it's like you can just see steam coming off of the prongs. And in its right arm, it's clutching some metallic object uh, that again is glowing purple. So there's a, there's a constant theme here. Can I get wisdom saving throws from everybody? Ooh, I think I've got decent wisdom, actually. No. Twelve. Ten. Uh, that's going to be a six. Okay. <laughs> so, Karen and Forbagorf, you see this creature open its mouth, um, but no sound comes out. Again, the, the screeches are over. Instead, you hear... You hear noise, but it's like it's coming from inside your own mind. And very faintly, you hear like a moaning. Marvis. 
And that's where we're gonna end we're gonna end today's episode. Chess poops. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs>「Yes <laughs> Chaz, you are right now you are staring down this gigantic horned demon uh, handing a holding a pitchfork and he, he's his its blue ruby red eyes are look like they're just piercing your soul. You didn't hear anything. you heard just kind of like a low-pitched mumble. Um, it just it was just incoherent but uh, all of a sudden you hear Ali next to you yell out, what the hell is a Marvis? How do you feel about that, Chaz? Uh, I like. I think Chaz sees all this weird shit going on around him, and obviously understands that something's wrong. But that's like <laughs> a thing that seems right in a world so wrong. <laughs> He's like, well, it's it's long. Effectively, in like ten to twenty years, it'll be my company. But like, it's where we work right now. It's. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how how this connects with what is going on right now but yeah it's it's uh it's one of the top rising um stocks that you can purchase right now uh, we, we, we stonks. Do stonks don't stonks. don't ask about the business we're actually in we've actually been funding a variety of projects right now that have yet to get off the ground not important um what what's going through forbes and karen's minds right now um karen looks like like looks down at her marvis and marvis branded clipboard and marvis and marvis employee handbook and um, grows a little concerned because, you know, it's the name of the company she works for, shouted out by this giant demon monster in an entirely different realm. She's she's shaken, <laughs> shooketh. She's, sh- she's shook. <laughs> Forbes, how how you feeling right now? Uh, I am looking for answers as to why this thing yelled Marvis. I have known the name Marvis for. Uh, two weeks that it took me to apply to the job and then get the job and then get orientation. <laughs> so I, I have no brand loyalty and I would very much like to know why this thing knows my brand. <laughs> my brand. <laughs> yeah, I, I forgot to tell you what you actually heard was my brand. <laughs> look, look with your special eyes. That, that joke was for five people for whom are on this call right now. 100%. <laughs> Okay, uh, so Ali's gonna step. Ali steps in front of you, and uh, she yells, "Stand back! I'm blasting this thing back to the seven hills." Um, so she starts casting. She starts uh, making the same hand motions that you saw her make before, as she, as she casts her her gigantic fireball spell. Um, out just just for the meta, she's casting fireball at fourth level because Ali <laughs> rules, and that's what she does. Good. <laughs> she's the hero of this story. She is the hero of this story. Um, so as as she is casting, uh, you see that fire spell kind of come together. Um, give me perception checks from all of y'all. Ooh, I'm great at this. Mm-hmm. That's a ten. Okay, you got a ten. What else? What else are we saying? Uh, also a ten. Um, eight. Oh wow. Okay, everyone. So Karen. Okay, so that that's good. So the three of you, um, you kind of witnessed this all happen in in real time. Um, that fireball st- spell while she's accumulating the the magic energy for the fireball spell. The um this this monster this shrieker monster in front of you um pulls out if you remember it had some sort of metallic object kind of like under its right arm it pulls out that little that metallic object and as it comes into view um it looks like a laptop 
<laughs> what? Oh. <laughs> oh no. So, okay, so Alice begins to channel her fire spell. Again, you guys see this monster pull out that metallic object, and uh, and you see that it's... Um, actually, we see Forbogorf specifically recognizes it as the standard issue MacBook Airs that the uh, all of the creatives at Marvis and Marvis Worldwide are given to. <laughs> so this is uh, this is the standard issue Mac, MacBook Air that, that you should have gotten but did not receive because IT told you to come back later. <laughs> but later never came. <laughs> um, and I'll say, um, who who got the 10 perceptions? Uh, I did. Uh, I was Todd one of yeah. those. For, Forbes, um, Forbes and Chaz, you guys can even make out that there's a couple stickers on the outside uh, with the logos of some of the more popular craft breweries near uh, Marvis and Marvis's <laughs> office. <laughs> um, so what happens is Allie hurls her massive fireball at the winged demon. Um, as it's about to land, the, the laptop opens... Um, the like the lid of the laptop opens and explodes in a flash of color and sound. Um, a deafening noise, which sounds kind of like the dial-up noise, followed followed by the familiar ding of a new email hitting your Outlook app, fills the air as the fireball deflects off the object and soars upward into the sky. So, at this point. Karen, you see the Shrieker immediately turn toward Allie and stare her down, kind of raises its arm. I'm going to give you the chance to, to uh, do something here. How close am I? Um, let's say not five feet away. Let's say, we'll say 15 to 20 feet. So far okay. enough away that you need to do a move action, but you can definitely get to it. Or- I'll get in and, and okay. put my shield up. Okay. So you see this. You see what's happened with the rest of you guys, the non-Karen of you of folks in the, in the room. You see this gigantic demon kind of raise immediately. Like it's like one one quick motion. It raises the laptop. The laptop explodes in that in that brilliant purple light, and then it raises the its uh, its little pitchfork. Like it's gonna thrust it straight at Allie. And basically, you see Karen kind of jump in. Karen, as shook as she was immediately just her reflexes are killing it right now jumps in and tries to deflect the pitchfork um, with her clipboard like she did so many times before Karen <laughs> I hope you uh, have some help because uh, baby uh, baby this this thing's gonna hit you okay so so here's what happened so Karen tries to deflect it unfortunately actually well let me see it's disadvantage right yep he's yeah he's, he's got you uh, so <laughs> you me. kind of you kind of step in front of Allie and like kind of take the bullet. When Karen ran over, she's she like, yep, muttered slash yelled like that laptop better be checked out when I get like when I get back. <laughs> like she's she's so mad that this is off company property. Yeah. Oh man, this is gonna this is so good, but it's gonna hurt <laughs> so bad because I did not intend for this to happen. Good, bring it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. Okay, so as the as the demon thrusts forward, Karen jumps in the fray, trying to trying to deflect it. Unfortunately, she doesn't, but she does take the bullet for for her new friend Allie, and that's gonna do uh, take 15 damage from that. Karen. Oh boy, Ooh, buddy. Okay, um, so that was that was the beginning of our surprise round. So Karen, now that since you got that crit, um, that was your kind of reaction. 
go ahead and take a shot. You're still running on that adrenaline, baby. Yeah. Take the so shot! I'm in front. Yeah. Um, I am hitting... Uh, I'm attacking the demon with um, the Searing Smite charged clipboard. Um, I, I hit it with a 10. Five of that is flame damage. Okay. Um, so what's going to happen is, so Karen goes for a swing. I, I'd like, I like to think that you're kind of like on the ground a little bit, and it's like kind of l- like lurching over you because okay. it just stuck you with this fucking pitchfork that's sure. like on fire. Sure. You know. <laughs> so you're like trying to like get it off of you, and I think you go to swing, but as you swing, it looks like it's going to make contact with its chest, but that uh, that laptop, the magic from that laptop, kind of like bursts out from it and you see that that purple kind of purple light make contact with your uh with your clipboard and things just kind of explode okay and nothing really happens okay damn unfortunately for you all Allie's still very upset and thinks that she's um a lot more powerful than she is and uh she's she hurls some insults at him and he goes straight for the throat he's gonna go he's actually like while he's like next to Karen, um, you can see Karen, you see its tail kind of like go over you and try to try to hit Allie, who's right behind you. Okay. Um, so let me roll for that. I'm going to say, um, do you want to use your reaction to block it? Um, can I cast? How- you can use your, you can use your, uh, your disadvantage thing is what I think he's asking. Yeah. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I'll do that. Okay. I did roll disadvantage. Unfortunately, it does hit Allie. So, um, so uh, Chaz is going to okay. uh, throw in a Jira ticket real quick to <laughs> to subtract five from whatever that attack was. Okay. Well, that's that's going to do it. So that Jira ticket goes straight out from your Lenovo ThinkPad <laughs> and blocks like like imagine imagine a a a large like scorpion like tail coming to pierce her like going straight for her chest and uh your lenovo thinkpad the the purple energy comes out of your thinkpad and just kind of deflect knocks it away i what i did was in in chaz's in, in chaz's mind he looked up like an assign or a, a project that was issued to his buddy phil in accounting and it's like oh no i'm gonna assign it to this guy like you now have this <laughs> this is on your on your plate now you successfully reprioritized the development schedule good job yep <laughs> So the Shrieker is staring down Karen. Karen has now uh, tried to attack this thing twice and clearly has broken some sort of barrier, but uh, it doesn't look any less healthy. It just looks a lot more pissed. Um, So similar to Karen, how you saw it lunge toward Allie, it's lunging toward you in the same way with that pitchfork. Toward me? Toward you. All right. Bring it. Uh, that's 21 damage. Oh, straight in your gut. Oh, no. Yikes. Yeah. What did I do to you? <laughs> um, I'm also going to need you to make a con save, my friend. 14. Oh, okay. Um, oh, so you feel as, as the thing embeds in your chest, you not only do you feel just like the hot metal going through your, your organs, but then you feel like a cold, um, like, Aqueous, there's a substance kind of flowing through your veins, and uh, it's like your all of like your arms start to just like they feel like they're on fire. Oh, good. Um, you're gonna take 13 more damage as poison. Jesus, 
Oh, I'm so I'm so sorry, guys. I'm at three hit points. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Um, and you are you are on the ground, just writhing in pain. Okay. <laughs> um, Ali Ali immediately is like, "You bastard!" Now, Forbagorf. Yeah. So I felt really good about that last attack towards the Shrieker, and it got me nowhere. And I'm still really mad that. I've been employed by this company and don't have one of those laptops. So I want to try and attack the <laughs> laptop directly in anger with my BlackBerry. That's what I'm going to do. All right. All right, Forbes. Roll that attack. That's a 20. A dirty 20, but a 20. Nice. Okay. A filthy 20. <laughs> All right. So tell me, uh, do you, give me the flavor. Tell me what happens as you, as you aim your shot true this time toward straight toward the laptop yeah so i'm gonna do a quick ip address search for active ips close to mine and once identified <laughs> i am going to just absolutely meme bomb that laptop i'm effectively doing a ddos attack to that laptop <laughs> that's perfect um, so your 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 massive tweet bomb or meme bomb goes heads straight for the laptop. It it, it almost like the like ener- the the magical energy arm of the laptop, like that that purple mist wasn't able to to deflect it in time, and your your we'll call it magic arrow sh- went straight through the laptop. You can see like a hole just like blasted in the center of it, and uh, and the impact of that explosion or the impact of it hitting nestles it right out of the its hands and the laptop falls to the ground oh damn all right yeah. i got the laptop i got the laptop i think we can attack the the dragon thing we got the laptop <laughs> kill the bat <laughs> you uh can i get a wisdom save from all three of you yeah shit <laughs> that sucks i don't know why you'd ask for such a thing yeah it's not good uh i think i got a seven 13 five Okay, so the the three of you, you hear another low pitched screech, um, and that that kind of like that voice, like it this this monster opens its maw, but no sound comes out. But you hear in your in your subconscious, you hear this low pitched kind of like groan. Um, again, the two of you that aren't Karen, Chaz and Forbagor, if you don't really hear, you can't make anything out. Um, Karen hears more. and then as it 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 gets it gets super pissed now and it takes both of its hands now that its right hand is free it takes both of its hands and it goes for like an upward like a downward strike right on top of karen um with that with that pitchfork oh no I rolled a 20. Oh, no. <laughs> Is Karen dead? <laughs> I think Karen's going to die. <laughs> Wait until we meet the other uh, woman from HR, Sharon. She, she barely got to enjoy her flirty 40s. <laughs> um, that's another... Um, I rolled... That's 15. So 15 takes 14, me to so negative 29, 4. 29 damage. Woof! Woof! 29 minus 11... Uh, puts me at negative eighteen. Or eleven minus twenty nine is yeah negative eighteen. Well, you're not dead. You're just unconscious and bleeding. Yeah. So you've <laughs> got a pitchfork. You are unconscious, bleeding, and there is a pitchfork standing straight through your body. Oh, good. On the hull of this ship. So a normal, a normal Saturday night. Yeah. 
<laughs> um, Alphanus um, is able. Alf, you hear you hear kind of like as as things as your body grows cold and as your as your your vision kind of fades <laughs> away, you hear like uh, you know like it's like that thing in movies when like it sounds like someone's going underwater and you yes. just hear. Wah, 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 wah. Um, you can hear Alphanus um, kind of like say like. Don't worry, I'll I'll save you. <laughs> so the other two of you, the other two guys, uh, they see like this like green orb surround Karen. Um, Alphanus just exclaims to you, he's like, "Don't worry, I'm st- I'm stopping the bleeding. You have to get this thing out of here." Uh, let's say so. I had Allie go. Yeah, let's say Allie take another turn. I forgot to put Allie in the order. It's fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, Allie pops off another fireball. 29 damage. Um, so Allie, now you see Allie pop off that fireball like a, almost like a, like a gut reaction. Um, the, the intensity of the fire is so massive that it knocks her back. She's on the ground. Um, it goes straight for the Shrieker. Um, unfortunately for the Shrieker, it does not have a laptop to save its skin. So it goes a direct hit right into its chest. It knocks it back. Um, you just hear like, <laughs> and it gets knocked back. It's like, it's like it's left wing is covered in flames. It's like smoking. It's searing. Um, this motherfucker is pissed. Uh, so that was Karen on the ground in her green bubble manages a very fe- faint and weak. Woo. <laughs> Before like passing back out. Um, okay. So, Alphanus is controlling the bleeding, but Karen is is definitely out for the count. Uh, Chaz, Chaz, uh, he is going. So since the bleeding is being controlled, um, Chaz is still going to throw one change order, a level one change order at Karen. So Karen, ooh, that's a that's a max hit back. So you get seven hit points back, Karen. So you're positive seven now. Yay! Woo! <laughs> she she says with with full <laughs> excitement. All right, so um, Chaz, that's that's your turn. Mm-hmm. So um, Karen, you start to come back to consciousness. Um, you see again, like things sounded like you were underwater, and then you start to hear some clarity. And and like in all war movies, when you when a mind goes off, you just hear that ringing in your <laughs> ear. Um, you you hear you hear a new voice that enters. Um, the Exarch comes bursting in from the other side of the ship. And uh, you see kind of out of the corner of your eye, the Exarch raises his staff and this like massive purple light emits from the top of his staff and it goes straight like these three beams like interwoven together. They go straight for the Shrieker and uh, it kind of this brilliant explosion of, of light surrounds the Shrieker and these purple like tendrils um, kind of come out and start wrapping around the monster. Um, so you see its arms are bound together. Its wings are bound together. Um, it, it like starts to struggle and it can't move. And it starts to like go up and down because it's still, still flying in the middle of the air. Right. And it immediately just falls and sinks to the, to the ground. Good. Yay. And you hear, <laughs> where was this guy? Where were you? <laughs> where have you been? <laughs> Chaz like Chaz collapses uh, like into just kind of a a puddle of a person and then pulls a Natterday out of his pocket. <laughs> he definitely <laughs> had a Natterday in his pocket and cracks it open. The the Exarch 
then falls to the floor and nearly passes out. Yeah, a lot of that going around right now. <laughs> Wait, I'm actually in real life going to crack my beer. So, Karen is upright, but barely. Like a stiff breeze will knock her back over. I think yeah. that while everyone else is sort of a puddle on the floor, I am in the back still very vertical and very distressed about how real shit just got like karen just got stabbed <laughs> yeah you you saw you saw this person that you've known for a day <laughs> you just witnessed die Take three tight trident wounds to the yeah. to the chest cavity i took this job to be snarky on twitter and i saw someone <laughs> get stabbed today i think when chaz hears that he says I took this job to do nothing and get paid a lot. And here I am doing something and getting paid nothing. <laughs> <laughs> the the Exarch is kind of like lying on the ground and he's he's breathing heavily and he, he looks at you and while gasping, he says, I'm sorry, I'm sorry you all had to witness it firsthand so soon. But maybe now you will start to understand the dire state of this world. These people are in need of champions. Gasp. And I believe you are those champions. I think Chaz, Chaz, Chaz like lets out a big burp and like crushes the empty Natterday on his head. And he's like, fuck yeah. Yeah, I guess so. He specifically looks at, at you, uh, you Forbogarfant, and says, my friend, I thank you for whatever that, that contraption, whatever that artifact was that, was, that it had. If you hadn't have, if you hadn't have uh, freed it from its grasp, we probably all would have died. Yeah, let's let's talk about this, Mr. Mr. Exarch man. Um, what do you mean artifact? It was a MacBook Air. Um, a MacBook Air that I should have, mind you, that should be my artifact. <laughs> and I'm kind of mine. mad that it isn't. I'm I'm a little upset that it isn't, and Karen, I would like to talk to you about it. But Karen throws up a whole bunch of blood after, right after Matt says that. <laughs> when uh you 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 say that and um Al uh, Alf, Ali and uh Alphinus are, are kind of like weird they look a little weirded out in, in the fact that you know that and and the exarch's kind of like shh, shh i promise just just be cool <laughs> just be cool for like <laughs> i know i know this is very confusing i promise i will explain everything um and then he looks at alfie uh, alfinis and and uh and uh, and ali and he says uh yeah <laughs> these guys are these guys are kidders um Anyway, uh, well, we've we've successfully wrested wrestled the artifact from the Shrieker um, team. I, I think we'll we'll be okay for now. Um, Wedge, please get us the hell out of here now, please, and thank you. And uh, he looks back at you and just be cool, man. Be cool. I understand the universal language of be cool. I get <laughs> I get being cool, and I will be cool. But I'm gonna go to the edge of the ship and look over and see if I can spot the laptop on the ground because I knew it okay. fall, fell from the shrieker. Can I get a perception check? Yes. 11. Uh, Matt Cole, the question for you, Matt Cole, and not for Bogorf. Yes, Andrew. Um, if you are sitting, standing on a plane, sitting on a plane, and you look at the ground, can you see anything on the ground? <laughs> you got to be that way. That's what you have to do in this <laughs> podcast. You got to be that way. <laughs> you had an option of how to be, and you chose that. Well, I was going to let him. If he got a crit, I would say uh, that he could get no, it. He got a crit. <laughs> well, I didn't get a crit. I can't see shit from a plane. I don't you sit in window seats anyway. Whatever. I get it. Yeah. Fine. I. I also, to rewind for a second, I love the thought of, like, the be cool man when Forbergorf suddenly understands that. I think Chaz also understands that the only person who wouldn't is Karen. Yeah. <laughs>
so Karen, um, if Matt is done looking for his laptop, Karen very much like stares down this guy and is like, I just got stabbed three times. If you want us to be cool, you got to start talking. That thing said the name of our company and marketing. Are, are we, are we in trouble here? What's going on? Yeah. He, um, he looks at you and, uh, he, he's, he's very understand, very understanding. I, I understand you're frustrated. I, if I would, if I could right now, I would. I just can't. I promise you. Once we get to where we're going, I will explain everything. Karen, l- listen. I understand people are frustrated for a living. I need <laughs> answers now, and like pulls herself up a tiny bit, like straightens her back as much as she can to like stand up to this guy. She's 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 gone. She's gone full Karen. If Karen's going to like start rummaging after having stab wounds, Chaz will Chaz will walk over and kind of like put his hand on her shoulder in in a way that she would not contact her own office if he put his hand there. And then uh, he says to the exarch, "Listen, buddy," and like he like lowers one of his pairs of sunglasses down and says, "We'll go with you, but you're gonna tell us what's going on because I don't know why my ThinkPad." was able to keep her from bleeding out. So you're going to tell us everything. And so Chaz is trying an intimidation check. Okay. Um, are you, is that, are you counting this as an assist for Karen uh, or is I was just separate? I was just upright doing it. Okay. Um, yeah, let's do Chaz, it. Chaz is puffing out his chest. Well, that is, um, <laughs> that is going to be a 26. <laughs> because, oh, wow. oh, man. because uh, Chaz has that as one of his chosen um, special bard skills. And I rolled a 17, so... <laughs> okay, okay, fair enough. I, I hear you, I hear you, I hear you. Chaz's fair breath enough. is heavy with stale natter day. <laughs> uh, he looks at Allie and Alphanus. Uh, Allie, Alphanus, can you, can you please give, excuse us? We, I, it is only fair that I, I tell these people, explain to these people what's going on. And, um, and, and Allie specifically is like, well, what the fuck? Like, we know, like why, why are you chasing us out? Like, you, whatever you can say in front of them, you can say in front of us. And, and uh, he's like, no, you need to get out of here now. So he, he kind of like, he grabs you, not grabs you, but he kind of like ushers you toward the, the edge of the deck. And uh, imagine all, like all four of you are kind of like all facing the edge of the deck, just kind of looking out and, and you hear, he go, and you hear the following. Okay, here's the deal. I know you are not champions. I know you are not heroes. I know you are from another world. Here's what you don't know. This world is in danger. And it's not just because of those winged monstrosities you, you, you just witnessed. The very fabric of reality is tearing at the seams. Strange anomalies have come and gone, leaving traces of things that don't belong in this world. And some of the traces, those things that keep appearing are things like that, that artifact that you saw, which you called, what did you call that again? It's a MacBook Air. Why do you keep calling it an artifact? It's just a laptop. Whatever, whatever it is, I don't know what that word is, but whatever, whatever the device is, these, these, these items, these artifacts, as we've come to call them, have been appearing everywhere, and they have great magical properties. That, that laptop, if you remember, it was kind of the source of its power. So when you tried to attack it, what happened? It, it blocked all, all our attacks. Exactly. So these things have been happening all over this world because of these, what we come to call artifacts. And me and my team here, we are trying to 
protect this world and we're trying to gather these artifacts together. I will exp- I can explain, I can give you all of the the juicy information, I can give you all the information you want, but you have to trust me and you have to come with me to a more secure location. And who are you that we should trust you? The Exarch. That doesn't mean anything. That's that's nonsense. Is that is that like a manager or something? What are you the manager of? I'm not. I'm not really gathering your uh, your question, but um, oh, actually, um, this might this might make a lot more sense. Um, so, Karen, as you are kind of like asking him all this, you see out of the corner of your eye this massive blue, translucent looking tower in the distance. Um, it it goes up like it's it's it goes up much higher than you think it should, uh, based on your knowledge of like physics and and like sure. you know and, and general the the general properties of things um beneath the tower you can see this like bustling metropol- metropolis excuse me and uh there's these like crystalline spires that protrude out so imagine like a gigantic crystal tower with these like smaller crystalline spires that are coming out of place and uh and the exarch looks at you and he says you want to know what i'm the manager of that. <laughs> is this one of Bill Gates' 5G towers? What is this? <laughs> <laughs> um, so Exarch th- looks at you, Karen. He says, thank you. I, I, I promise I will return your kindness very, very soon. Um, but for now, allow me to welcome you to Charlea, the crystalline city. As the title card wipes in the front of the screen <laughs> and you see Charlea, the crystalline city. And you hear awesome background music in the background. There's new music. There's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. A whole, a whole new part of the map highlights now. And yeah. The fog of war clears off of the majority of the map. Everything <laughs> auto saves. A 45-second a cutscene plays as you see um, people milling about the city. You, you probably see some construction workers carrying two-by-fours. Um, there's mo- more than likely not. Uh, you're going to see some strange alien looking races uh, at what looks like to be a marketplace people are peddling wares it does not matter what those wares are some are food some are jewels but that's it food and jewels it's it's <laughs> it's a fucking fantasy city guys like you you know what this you know yeah. this game it's fantasy chicago it's got all the things <laughs> it's yeah. whatever it's whatever you want a crystalline city to look like in yeah. your mind's eye there's definitely, you know, you can you can spot out as your as your ship approaches the cl- closer to the tower, you can now, Matt, you can now start making out things on the ground so you can watch you can see people uh, moving around. Don't point no that out to me specifically, you <laughs> asshole. <laughs> um, you see you see a, a series of open air stalls implying that that's like a bit of a marketplace. Um, you see a group of soldiers lined up in rows practicing spear maneuvers against a series of dummies. Um, you can see out kind of in the outskirts of the city, you can see what looks like a ranch um, that's populated not with horses, but strange winged beasts. And uh, your airship heads toward the kind of the backside of the tower where this big platform protrudes out. Um, you know, looks to be kind of like a helicopter landing pad almost. And you see this just like cluster of people but they're not humans they're all this variety of of you know seemingly alien races huddled around the landing pad um you the uh, ship lands on the on the earth or the landing platform and you hear the the muffled 
screams and applauses of, of the crowd outside. Um, as the as you all walk downstairs, so you're all following right behind the Exarch. Um, Wedge and the other guys and your old friend Lamit and uh, the twins are all there. Everyone's there. You're, they're kind of like single file uh, heading down to the edge, of the, the the bottom side of the ship, and walking out. As the uh, as you guys start to walk downstairs, the door opens and that muffled applause turns into a thunderous like din of of cheers and and screams and and, and applauses. Um, among the chaos, you can pick out certain phrases like, you did it, they're here, we're saved. The, uh, as everyone's walking out, the Exarch turns back to you and just kind of like puts, he puts his hands up, just like hang here for one second. Um, and you hear the Exarch address the people. <clears throat> good people of Charlea, I bring you good tidings and even greater news on this day. The state of the world is worrisome indeed. All of us have experienced loss in one form or another and have had to quickly move on in order, to, in order to survive. But today, today I bring you a glimmer of hope in these uncertain times. You can soon rest easy, because today, my friends, we have taken the first steps on ending this war. Cheers, cheers, applause. Chaz is also applauding. <laughs> he gives you a thumbs up behind his back. Honored citizens of Charlea, allow me to finally introduce you to the heroes of prophecy please welcome with open arms they who circled back the champions of <laughs> randar lead yeah Chaz steps the fuck out he's ready for this moment <laughs> and uh and he he looks at you again he says may i remind you i asked you to please play along karen queen waves <laughs> queen like, waves re- reluctantly plays along She's playing. All right. She's not. Chaz is like pointing out into the audience, like he knows he sees people (laughs) that he knows. Yeah. So you guys, you guys are eating this up. I walk up behind Carrot and Chaz and say, "Pretty fucking cool. Love to take a picture. Shame I don't have my fucking phone." Chaz, as he's still like pointing and posing, goes, "Mental, mental picture, bro. Just, just lock that one away. This is our moment." The champions of Randar lead. What? What is that? Crazy. That sounds really cool. Anyway, episode three was really fun for me. Um, you're go- you'll find out soon. Episode three is all about that sweet, sweet exposition. This is it. This is when we're getting the story. We're finally figuring out what's happening. Cue sinister music in the background. We get all the all the gory details. Um, this is also the point where it became very clear to Matt, Todd, and Kyle that was like, oh, shit, like, we're actually, we're doing a thing. Like, we're doing a story. There's bad stuff, and and this is not just the goofs. Like, we've kind of passed the point of, like, Matt's just doing fun tweets about orcs or whatever. Um, now, of course, there are certainly plenty of goofs here. This is intended to be a comedy show, but it is always fun to see the look on your players' faces, like, exactly at the point where they, they have officially invested in your storyline where you get like just like a natural reaction to like oh shit like yeah that's something i wrote pretty cool um also i i know i'm not supposed to do this but like we're like two and a half hours into this episode so it's probably fine um so outside of our intro and outro all of the music used for this is royalty free except there is one final fantasy audio easter egg hidden see if you can find it Here's episode three. All right, so each one of you have been introduced 
Um, again, that is the, you have been introduced as the heroes of prophecy, aka they who circled back, aka <laughs> the champions of Randar lead. Uh, so the three of you are now being lauded and applauded. You like that? Lauded and applauded yeah. as as the heroes of lore. Why don't let? I'd like to go around the horn and just tell me a little bit what your what your character is is doing, what your character is feeling, specifically Karen, who's who's died and come back to life. Are we? We're on. We're still like on this stage with the Exarch getting cheered at. Yeah, you're coming off the airship. You're on like a little like a landing platform. Um, you are also very high above the ground. You are on a platform that is protruding outside of a gigantic crystalline tower. So you don't have a lot of place to go except for forward <laughs> and in back into the ship. Um, Karen is, is doing what was asked. She is playing along. She is not happy if you're on the stage with her. She is visibly annoyed, but to the crowd, she is a stoic, waving paladin mm-hmm. standing by her her exarch in this case um she's you know a good a good hr person standing by her leader but she she has concerns when the doors Mm -hmm. close um karen you hear you hear somebody and toward the back uh yell oh my god it's karen pardue the helm splitter she you know (laughs) nods she's um someone else someone else chaz mutters under his breath helm splitter is fucking metal (laughs) <laughs> and she like she like nods a little more agree- agreeably at at Chaz like like she yeah it's cool she knows she knows some of this is cool but she's she's pe- peeved right now some other guy kind of runs like runs straight to you like like okay imagine you're you know you're you guys are like at a concert right and there's like there's like security that's kind of like pushing the crowd back um somebody like rushes the gate and and starts yelling like directly at you like Karen how did how how did you get out of that that massacre how did you take out those 20 orcs by yourself um um just just a lot of hard work and and I ate, ate my vegetables. You know, she's... <laughs> Chazna's head is counting. He's like, 20 orcs, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, so, Forbogorf, what's How's Forbogorf doing right now? Uh, I think I am, I am trying to honor my agreement to be cool because I understand <laughs> the be cool contract. Uh, however, I think that I am standing back from the group a little bit. Um mm-hmm. And I, I'm out on the terrace, but I am not on the front lines waving. And I, to the crowd, would look, like, posed and heroic, but up on stage probably look pretty irritated. And uh, the Exarch took my safety blanket away when he took my phone, and so now I am hyper-focused Vigilate. and hyper-vigilant and trying to figure out what exactly the fuck is going on. Um, just then you see a small boy. Uh, he doesn't look any older than like seven. Um, he rushes up to like, he's like under, like he actually like runs up right, like past one of the bouncers, like under the bouncer's arm. And he has like a little scrap of paper. He looks like he's like basically wearing just like a cloth sack, (laughs) you know, (laughs) he's like a grimy peasant and he's got like a little like torn piece of paper and he goes, Oh my God. Mama, mama. It's Forbogorf, the sun piercer. Can for Mr. 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 Gorf, can you can you please sign my uh sign my and he just like hands you he's just shoving this like crumpled piece of paper into your into your gut. Um yeah, I look 
I look confused, but I don't want to. I feel confused, and I don't want to hurt the little kid's feelings. So I, I take the paper and write FBG on it and hand it back. He like he he's so excited he throws up. In the, in my head with those with those initials, that means your middle name is Burr. Just well for for Burr Excuse thought, me, I'm for B Gorf. Thank you, F B Gorf. Well, your first name is Freddy, right? It's Freddy yeah. Freddy Borgorf. Well, I think it was. I think at the very beginning of this, we determined yeah. the last name was Borgers. Like, <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> like you would order from McDonald's if you were the main character of Despicable Me, like Borgers. <laughs> um, <laughs> so. Uh, I think FBG in my brain was just the abbreviation for Forbergorf and oh, had less awesome. to do with my actual name. Cool. Uh, Chaz, how's Chaz doing right now? Give me an update. Oh, Chaz is just drinking this in. He's just he's just <laughs> taking it. And since he this gave up his... This is the Chaz has longed for his entire life. Yeah, this is, this is the positive affirmation that he never actually got from his father. And so he is... Uh, he had since he's no longer wearing his his blazer. It's just him and his like button up shirt that's buttoned down three buttons, and he's just like taking it all in, like throwing air high fives to no one who's there. <laughs> uh, Chaz, you see on the left hand side of the crowd, you see like a like a small group of like I don't know middle aged women, we'll call them, and uh, they're that's, just swooning. That's Chaz's thing. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to give them one of your patented uh, finger guns, point and wink finger guns? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You see uh, what you imagine to be like their husbands come over and they kind of like grab their wives and they, they say, uh, like, but they're like, they're kind of into it. They're just like, uh, I guess that's why they call him the silver tongued ghost. Ooh. That's, that's <laughs> more finger guns. <laughs> It'd be like if, if Todd and Shannon met Ryan Reynolds in real life. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's that's how this interaction yeah. actually goes down. Yeah, you both would just say "ravage me." <laughs> yeah, yeah, collectively at the same time. Uh, cool. So you guys, um, you guys want to do anything else while you're while you're sucking in all this uh, all this good vibes? Uh, I checked my phone because I felt a phantom vibration. <laughs> Multiple There's times. There. There's nothing there except for your own thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> Karen. Karen's still waiting for like the proper time to process the trauma of being stabbed three times in a in a fight. Um, That's fair. But, but she's 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 fine now. But she probably won't sleep well. Is what you're she's, saying? She's got her game face on, but like she's ready to she's ready to to yell at somebody. That's fair. She's ready to yell at a manager. <laughs> uh, so she's you guys about to go true, Karen. The uh, the exarch is is you know, kind of like ushering people along. He's, Thank you. Th- yes, yes. Please, uh, please, please give our new friends some room. They've they've come from a, a great distance to to be here with us, um, and it's time for to give them a well deserved rest. Uh, and uh, so you you walk into this this elevator platform. Uh, the lift takes you all the way to the top of the tower. You can see as the chamber, that massive chamber, starts to become smaller and smaller as it as it uh, leaves your view. Um, and you you open into a much smaller, more understated room uh, than you saw in that that big welcoming chamber below. The exarch looks at you. He says, "Welcome to the observatory. I use this as my office and my personal chambers." 
Um, please come take a seat. I'll tell you everything in here. Um, okay, so you see the Exarch. He's like he's like furiously like he's he's cleaning up a little bit. He's like clearing stuff off of of his desk. Um, but he also does like a couple weird things. So he um he checks out a window. Um, he's like reaching under desks and lampshades. Like he's like feeling for something. You like, can I get uh can I get some not passive perceptions, active perceptions. Ooh, um, that's going to be an 18. Four or five. (laughs) (laughs) Fifteen. Nice. Um, Chaz and Forbogorf, because you guys watch tons of spy movies, um, it's pretty clear that he's looking for, like, listening devices. Okay. Shoot. Sure. Yeah. Um, And then he he looks at you guys and he winks. He says, well, never can be too careful. Please sit. You you got a bit of a bug problem in here, Mr. Exarch guy? Yes, Forbogorf. Yes, I, I told you this is why we... Okay. <laughs> Here's the deal. He closes the door. I, thank you again, my fr- thank you friends for for trusting me this far. I, I like I said, I promise I would told you tell you everything. The fact of the matter is, this world is in danger, and there aren't a lot of people who know truly what's going on. And and it's not because it's not anything evil. It's nothing nefarious. I'm not trying to hide the truth from anyone, other than the fact that. I don't want people to to know that the fabric of their world is is unraveling. I I think the the shriekers is is enough of a enough of a chaos that people can deal with that that's really all people have the ability to to handle right now. So again, I, I thank you for for trusting me and and now we can we can speak in 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 candor. First off, you are not champions, you are not hero, heroes. I understand that. Whatever the prophecy, the stuff that you heard me saying that's not that's nothing um you are from a different world than this one this so much i know this world is in danger um but it's and like i said it's it's not just those winged monstrosities our worlds are colliding let me let me explain it started very small the uh the first recorded event was outside of a small village not far from this city there were reports of a loud boom followed by what looked like a magical portal appearing unprompted out of thin air. The portal dissolved as quickly as it appeared, but it left a small object. Um, the object looked like a small dart with some color, colorful synthetic substance coating the upper half. It was not able to be determined by any of our mages. Uh, scholars far and wide came in to try and investigate it. And the mages took the strange artifact to study it. They took it apart. Um, it seemed innocuous. There, there was really nothing to it, but um, after a while, after studying it so, for so long, they started noticing some strange side effects. Uh, the, the more time that the mages spent with the artifact, the more that they felt it. Um, you can tell that he's starting to look actually distraught. He, he looks down. It's the hunger. These artifacts, they don't belong in this world, and as such, they have a very strange and powerful effect on it. You all saw it when you when you fought that massive shrieker. Normal people in this world are drawn to their energies, and in turn, the artifacts feed on their actual life force. Um, so next, uh, you see the exarch. He gets up again. He's 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 looking. He's kind of shaking. He's you know you can you can sense. I mean, it's pretty obvious, but you can sense there's a lot of emotion behind what he's saying. Um, he has seen this horror firsthand. He grabs his staff and he waves it in the air. Um, so you guys are, imagine if you would, you know, the three of you are just sitting on, on inexpensive chairs facing his desk, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
imagine like if you're if you look directly up this this kind of viscous cloud starts appearing directly ahead, uh, directly uh, on top of you uh, in the center of the room it it looks like it's just heavy smoke but then um, it then colors start to form um, the colors become more and more defined and they start to take, take shape um, actually piecing together to form an image so what you see in this cloud is uh, is a dark room strewn with books and other alchem- alchemy supplies. Again, very similar to what you see here. Um, you can tell it's not the same room, but a lot of the same gizmos and gadgets. One one very distinct thing that you notice is a, a detailed image of a circle drawn in red dye uh, on the floor. Um, you can make out the shapes of four humanoid creatures appearing hunched over. Now, I, at first pass, these look like just normal people. Right? Um, but as you continue to look, uh, you can see that these figures are very withered, um, each covered in variations of dark, stringy hair. Uh, the shoulders are sunken in and their knees are buckled. One of the figures is facing toward the image, and uh, you can make out its melted-looking face, and its eyes are black, like opals. It's very clear that these are, if not the exact same, very similar to the shriekers that you saw on the on board the airship. Way back in the the, the, for, the fourth figure all the way to the back, um, you can see the beginnings of a wing popping out its shoulder. Um, this image just kind of sits there in the room. There's, there's, a, there's a dead air, there's a stillness about it, and the exarch sits down and he, he says to you, this is the last recorded image of those mages after weeks of studying the artifact. Soon after recording this with a seer stone, the local guard attempted to confine them away from the artifact, hoping that, it would change, that they would change back. They didn't. Uh, he pauses for another beat, and uh, he waves the cloud away, making the image dissipate. So, as this happened, uh, reports from all over the countryside came in about these strange portals appearing and leaving similar objects in their wake. We tried to warn folks to stay away, but you can probably fill in the rest. So you, I would imagine you've, you've guessed it now, those, those winged beasts that you fought on the ship, these are the Shriekers, and they're the result of the artifact's power over this world and its people. Which brings me to you. The champions of Randall Lee. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Uh, <laughs> until you all showed up, the anomalies were limited to objects. And now knowing that the voids have gotten large enough to transport living, breathing people, I fear we have even less time than I originally believed we did. So my, my team and I were able to develop a way to contain the artifacts. Um, as concerning and worrisome as these void portals are, we just don't know that much about them. The immediate and present danger are, of course, the Shriekers, who have become a disease plaguing our people. Fortunately, this city is defended by a strong barrier, but those outside of the town's protection aren't so lucky. I've built a team of volunteers here among Charlea's citizens that have been seeking out these anomalies and collecting the artifacts before they, they fall into unsuspecting hands. One of these artifacts, I imagine, is likely that, uh, that word that you used. Um, was it uh, a, a Mac laptop? A laptop? A laptop. A laptop, thank you. Uh, that, that laptop that you saw on the, on the deck of, of my airship, that's one of them. Um, and you, you, you have seen its potential. You have seen its power. These things cannot end up in the wrong hands. Otherwise, we're going to have more problems. We're going to have this war is going to end go much longer. 
However, the fact that I've built a team is really not enough because again, as you as you can imagine, the they are as much danger to my team as they are to the local populace. That brings me back to you. I don't understand why you're here. I don't understand the science behind these portals. And to be honest with you, I don't know how to get you back to where you belong. I know that I said I did and I lied and I'm sorry, I don't. But what I do know is that you all seem to be immune from the artifact's influence. And not only that, you seem to be able to wield their power. So no, you're not heroes. But from what I saw earlier today, you might be the only people that can help save this world. So will you help me gather these anomalies and slow the spread of this scourge? Uh, Chaz missed the last bit of it because he was counting the Natter Days to make sure all three of them <laughs> were still in the pockets that he has cut out of the blazer. Um, Karen, Karen grabs her things, her clipboard and her handbook, and um, very kind of earnestly asks, do we, do we need to be worried about our things um, having a corrupting influence on this world like like that Mac, like the MacBook did. At first, when I first saw you, I, I was originally uh, afraid that the anomalies were your equipment. Um, but then I saw you all in action and I saw you wield their power and I, and I sense a very different energy uh, from you all. Um, and then I, I figured out that the anomalies were you. So from what I can tell, um, it was a little bit of a risk of bringing you all to my airship. Um, but it, it didn't seem to have any effect on, on me or my crew. So I, I'm going to assume that the answer to that question is no, but I wouldn't freely hand out your equipment or maybe just disguise the fact that you're using artifacts, if, if you could. I, I don't, again, I, I don't think people could handle it right now. So I have some questions for you, Mr. <laughs> XArt guy. Um, you keep saying that we're not heroes, but then when you introduced us earlier, everybody seemed to already know our shit. And I, I've only been here for like a few minutes. What the for fuck's a, the for deal? Less time, less time yeah. than you've worked for Marvis and Marvis. <laughs> yeah. So that's also a great question. And, and again, thank you, Forbagor, for, for being willing to play along for as long as you did. Um, there is a prophecy, and uh, I'm, I'm personally not very familiar with it myself. Um, there is a prophecy that says three heroes will come to save us from the Shriekers. And, and I know that a lot of the populace believes you three to be those heroes. Um, do I believe in prophecy? I do not. Um, that said, I understand prophecy's place in the world and its ability to give people hope. So when I introduced you as the heroes of prophecy, I was playing into that hand and trying to give my people some semblance of hope because they just experience so little these days. Well, this is some sort of prophecy, because listen, man, like, I'm going to level with you here. I don't tell anybody that my real name is my real name. I tell everybody my real name is Forbergorf. But I don't think many people are picking the name Forbergorf out of a hat when they put together a prophecy. And some kid out there called me Forbergorf, which makes me think that maybe this prophecy is a little bit more serious than your average prophecy. Because I don't think anybody would guess my name 
to be Forbergorf. I, I mean, I, guy. I've met four Forbergorfs in my time. I don't know why you think you're so unique. There's a Forbergorf, uh, literally, like, he's our custodian. Uh, <laughs> he pops his head in the room and goes, hey. Um, okay, valid point. Leaves me with more questions than answers, but I will ask those questions later. Um, my last question is, you're pretty confident that our artifacts won't cause any harm to anybody, right? I'm, I'm not confident, friend. I'm, I've, I'm telling you that from what I've seen, it, it appears as though you all have control over these. These artifacts feel very different than the artifacts that we've encountered thus far. Um, but I don't know that. I, I don't know what would happen if I touched your, 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 your map top. Um, I, I don't know. I'm just trying to, like I said, it, there's not a lot of things that, uh, that bring us hope these days. And from what I saw on the airship, it, it seems like you guys have some sort of control over these items that nobody in this world does. I'm just saying, you're, you asked us to be cool, and we've been pretty cool. And this whole time, you have lied to us about whether or not you could get us home. You've let us on. I just saw you lie to a whole city full of people. And I don't know that I trust you about what you're telling me with these artifacts. And when I came in here, I had four Natter Days in this blazer, and now I only count three. Um, <laughs> Karen, Karen and kind of steps in and is like, um, for, forgive these guys. They're not quite used to um, dealing with things on this level. Chaz, you had three Natter Days. You, you told everyone you had three I, Natter Days. I go, Sh Karen, be cool. Karen. Um, I don't. <laughs> Even if they, if you didn't, doesn't look like you're getting your natter days back. Forb, sometimes, sometimes people gotta lie when they're in when they're in positions this big. It's not it's not pretty, it's not nice, but he did what he had to do to get us to to, to get us to help, and I think helping him is our only chance of getting back home. He's someone we need on our side. We can't be picking fights right now because none of us. None of us know what's going on, so calm down a second. Thank, thank you, Karen. I, I, I appreciate your, your, your ability to trust, despite the fact that you super died today. Yeah, um. I'm, not, I'm not over that, and I don't, I'm, I'm not happy with our situation, but um, you seem to be the only person here who has a shot of getting us home. So for now, my hands are tied, and I'm, I'm helping you but don't, don't think that means I trust you. Fair enough. Um, friends, if, if, there's, if there's other questions that you have, um, I will answer whatever I can. Um, I, I do, once more, I apologize for, for having to lie to you. I, I, I hope that you understand why that I did, why I did what I did. Um, but, you know, this is the situation that we're in. I don't think anyone thinks this is an ideal. Um, are there any other questions? metagame this this is your guys chance if you want to if you want to try to get more information um now's your opportunity the the question that um i guess the question that chaz would have is i mean if we are being entrusted to solve this problem like where do we start um karen has a much more specific and kind of clarifying question first mm -hmm. if, before we get into more okay. exposit more of let's, that let's let's hit karen or, and then we'll go yeah. uh, does Forbergorf have anything 
Um, I don't think so. I haven't taken my phone out of the box yet, so I'll go ahead and grab my phone out of the box and turn it back on, but I don't have any other questions okay. right now. It's still, it's still up, updating. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, let's hit, let's hit Karen first, and then we'll go to Chaz. When I woke up this morning, I could not shoot beams of light, um, generate fiery damage out of my clipboard, or protect anyone with my employee handbook. They were standard office supplies. Um, what's going on? What is this power we all seem to have? Um, mm-hmm. Forbagorf is shooting arrows out of a phone. <laughs> Chaz is healing me with a laptop. Um, healing me from significant damage with a laptop. What is... Is I I admire your uh your healthcare program here, but what is what is this? Chaz is like powers? is like moving the the ThinkPad like it's closed, and he's moving it around like a like an airplane making whooshing noises, <laughs> and then he like then he like blows off the top like he's blowing off a pistol that was smoking. He goes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that Chaz is just like all in already. Yeah. Oh, Chaz doesn't need any. He's like whatever. This is awesome. All we needed was to feed his very shallow ego. <laughs> Yeah, he checked his box. He's he's in. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Um, okay, let's let's address Karen's question. So uh, the Exarch goes to explain. <clears throat> right. So, Karen, excellent question. So, what you're referring to is what we expect to be, or what we assume to be, the magnificent power that what we're calling these artifacts have. Um, these artifacts are things that we believe to be from your world. Um, so your 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 map top. Your your uh your your MacBerry. I'm sorry. Was was that a MacBerry? <laughs> it's a it's a MacBook. It's a laptop. MacBook. Getting real laptop. tired of explaining simple shit to you, Exarch man. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I understand you're 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 angry. It's been a it's been a tough day for all of us. Your your these devices that you have that you wield, um, Karen, your your clipboard also. Um, these these items that come from another world, they have some sort of extra planar abilities uh, here on this world um i don't understand them myself uh they're they're well and above the the magical items that that our you know that our mages and our scholars are used to um these the prop the properties are are quite literally an anomaly to us um, we don't really quite understand them outside of the fact that they have a devastating impact on the people of this world and and they uh they iterate in things like what you saw today both for you and against you quite honestly so alfie and Allie, do they have artifacts nobody on my team is using an artifact however the the city of charlea and its crystal tower were built to be a safe haven for our citizens uh do you remember did you see crystal spires as we came in do you remember that at all Yes. Uh, Chaz says very sarcastically, yeah, a couple. <laughs> <laughs> great. He doesn't, he doesn't catch the sarcasm. Uh, great. Thank you. Thank you, Chaz. Specifically you, Chaz. I appreciate your, your, <laughs> your ability to listen. Chaz takes the compliment. Uh, those, of course, aren't just for aesthetics. Um, they're actually channeling energy to a magic barrier surrounding the entire city. Um, that barrier is uh, siphoning the power from the artifacts we've collected thus far. And he um, he shows you a larger container that looks a little bit like that chest that you saw. Um, that's like imagine it's kind of like wired into like this 
this gigantic contraption that's coming outside of the tower. Um, so he basically, you understand that the artifacts that they've collected are channeling their energy into the barrier that's protecting the city. Hmm. Sure. Okay. Anything? So we have metagame this. We have another question from Chaz. Um, is Karen is Karen good at this point? Karen is. Uh, no further questions from Karen. Karen is satisfied. And Chaz okay. actually has two questions, but I'll let Forbergorf if he has questions go before. Uh, yeah, I just Chaz. I my question. I do have a question. Um, how many artifacts do you have? Uh, we've only gathered a couple thus far, Forbogorf. Um, the last I counted uh, was, and he like uses his fingers, uh, six, I believe. That said, that brings me into my next point, which is where you all fit into this equation. As you've, as you've seen and as you can imagine, um, collecting these artifacts is very difficult for us um, because the power that they hold uh, over the Shriekers is the same power that they hold over us mortals. Um, anyone in this world can potentially become a Shrieker if they are succumb to the power of the artifacts long enough. Um, so it's obviously been very slow. Uh, he chuckles. Um, so my assistant, Lina, uh, actually, uh, she's got a list. We've got a list of all uh, the artifacts that we believe have been tracked across the countryside based on reports that we've heard. Um, my hope is that we can look at this list and divide and conquer, and we can use you as as uh, the front lines in trying to collect these artifacts. Because again, they they seem to have no power over you. So we're gonna be we're gonna be your fetch monkeys. You're in our world. We call this a fetch quest. You're gonna send <laughs> us on a fetch quest. Uh, that I am. Yes. For would it make <laughs> you feel better to think of us as treasure hunters? <laughs> Or, or to think of this as an advanced form of geocaching. When I think when Karen says treasure hunters, Chaz goes tight, and then when you say geocaching, he goes never mind. <laughs> Any other questions for Uh That's all I've got. Okay, Chaz. So Chaz. So Chaz's first question was, I mean, like, where do we go next? I guess we're here. We're your heroes. I was called the silver-tongued ghost of something-something. I'm in. You got me. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening this long. I, I, I know we do a lot of chunky episodes, and this one is by far the meatiest one that we've done yet. So seriously, we, we all appreciate it. Um, a little background before we get into the last episode here. Uh, so this next episode is actually episode five. That's because episode four which comes canonically next, was an experimental side story episode. Um, we recorded these short solo adventures with each of the three players. This was my attempt at giving them, each of them, side quests, so to speak, which I'll, I talk about a little bit in the episode, but I, I, I always like the idea of having this kind of like side hustle. Um, I'll say, though, they're not super relevant, at least for you know the rest of the, the rest of this content. Um, the only one that has any kind of story relevance right now is Karen's adventure. Um, long story short, Karen found a stable within the city that was home to a bunch of these like fantastical flying creatures. We make the connection that they're basically Falcor from the Neverending Story. Spoiler alert, they're basically Final Fantasy Chocobos. Anyway, so Karen got a flying mount. Pretty cool. Um, Meanwhile, Chaz convinced some dudes at a bar to make fantasy slack, and Forbagorf inherited a pirate radio station. 
that's kind of it. There's nothing really more else there. Um, it's a fun episode. You get to hear the very clear delight in Matt's voice when he learned that he was being given the role of fantasy shock jock radio host. Um, the other thing is, consummate professional that I am, I recorded that whole episode on the wrong input, so it sounds like I am speaking like on a toilet in, a, in an active construction site this whole episode. It's kind of rough to listen to. Um, so anyway, I'm going to save you from that. Episode five is the thrilling conclusion of our story thus far. Um, each of the side stories ended with this massive, massive explosion outside of town. We might see some more fighting, might even see a frightening adversary return. Huh? Enjoy episode five. Today, we are going to finish um, what I imagine is the first major arc of this story. Um, so this is the thrilling conclusion of, uh, of episode session one, episode one, campaign one. I don't know whatever you want to call it. Um, so we ended each of your side quests with the same event. A massive explosion, as Todd alluded to. You heard a massive explosion on the west side of town, toward the edge of the city. Um, Karen was prox- by proximity the closest, um, and then Chaz uh, headed after that, and then Forbagorf um, closely behind after uh, after announcing to the world over to the to the nation over the loudspeaker that uh, this is happening. Um, which is for for D and D storytelling purposes, you all you're all gonna get there at about the same time. So um, cool. With that, we're gonna just we're gonna jump cut right into explosion. You guys are going to go investigate. So uh, let's start with Karen. Karen, uh, you have left your lovable uh, uh, Woodstock. I'm sorry, I almost forgot the name. I'm so sorry. <laughs> you have uh, you have you have left your lovable Woodstock. Uh, you rushed uh, headfirst into uh, toward the explosion. Um, you see a woman decked out in military garb who is leading a troop of soldiers through the gates, and it's just pandemonium. It's chaos. People are running. Uh, people are panicking you're seeing armed guards heading toward the situation um this woman she looks at there she points you there you're one of the exarch's esteemed guests yes uh yeah i'm the helm splitter and i i kind of <laughs> swing my my axe clipboard enthusiastically oh my gosh the my my gods the the karen the helm splitter the champion of randar lead the one from the prophecy um I, I, ma'am, if it's if it's not too much to ask, will you please take up arms and help us? We are outmanned by the Shrieker army, and and I fear we might lose the city tonight. Uh, yeah. Uh, tell me, tell me what to do. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Chaz and Forbagorf show up uh, <laughs> right behind you. Um, uh, got I've got my crew here too. We're we're all ready to help. I'm vol- volunteering them before they can say anything. Wait, what are what are we doing? What's happening? What are you volunteering us for? <laughs> She's about to tell us. The champions of Randar lead. I am humbled to make your acquaintance. We are the champions of Randar lead. Shut up, Chaz. Chaz what, has, I need to know what she's saying. Chaz, what are we doing? Chaz has a, has a slur right now. He's had a lot to uh, drink. Classic silver tongue ghost. Uh, I, <laughs> I, am, I am Lina, and I'm head of the city guard. Listen, the barrier will hold them back for the short term, hopefully long enough, uh, long enough for at least us to at least evacuate all the citizens. But if the barrier breaks, we will need someone to hold the swarm back. No, we're going to hold that. Yeah. Hold, we're, we're, yeah, we got we'll it. Hold, we'll hold the swarm. Sorry, I thought um, there was more. <laughs> you see, you see uh, the Exarch, uh, your old buddy, the Exarch, 
uh, up here. Um, he's kind of coming from behind where from the same distance or the same direction that Chaz and Forbegorf showed up. Um, you hear, Lina, oh, oh, thank the gods you're safe. Well, I, I see you've met our guests. Um, I will help evacuate the population. Can you lead the champions to the barrier wall? Barrier wall? I feel confident they have what it takes to stop this menace. Um, Linus says, sir, I, I do not understand what that means, but you have my full support. With me, champions. Um, you hear as you once you hear as you leave, um, Forbagorf uh, feels a little tap on his shoulder, and the Exarchs uh, whispering in your ear. It seems as though now as good as as time as any for us to test my hypothesis, shall we? Uh, I, what? <laughs> what? What do you mean? Uh, Chaz Chaz puts the pint glass that he stole into his messenger bag with the other pint glasses that he stole, and says, "Let's do it." Um, Matt. I'm me. The GM is telling you that what he was referring to is the fact that he believes that you guys have the power to stop the shriekers. Yes. I, yeah. I wanted you. I wanted you, Matt Cole. To, I wanted to make sure that you, Matt Cole, knew that. I don't care if you form Gorf. That's okay. That. Yes. Me, Matt Cole knows that. I get it. Perfect. Yep. Okay. Thank you. Awesome. So just, just a quick check-in. All right. Awesome. Let's do this. So uh, the office shows, the three of you head with Lina toward the city outskirts. Um, as you make your way toward the barrier, you are seeing, again, absolute chaos. People are fleeing in all directions. There's yelling. There's screaming. There's, there's little children in rags that are tripping over and yelling for their mothers as they're getting stampeded by, um, by other citizenry. That was really dark. Yeah, well, I, a bad time. well, I have seen movies. <laughs> um, anyway, chaos. Um, I actually have in my notes that people are being trampled by panicked citizens. So, Ooh. yeah, I don't know. I, I wrote this three months ago. I was in a much different place. Um, <laughs> Karen, Karen is going to, like, help anyone who's, like, fallen, who isn't trampled yet up. Yeah. And kind of try, like, as we push through, also is directing traffic a little bit and just like I like that. Um can I get can I get a little um let's call it a persuasion check. It's not really persuading but like I think you're just trying to this is just caring to like take leadership it's, like come on everybody very, like chill very out. like all right form an order single like, file form, yeah. Yep, single file. Here's the yeah. exit. Like let's let's and let's go yeah. and I love that. Um a 9. Um let's say uh with a nine, you probably you probably got about half of the group's attention. Sure, but there's still like the the real assholes that are just kind of like doing whatever. Uh, I'm gonna stand up behind Karen and shout like, "Hey, assholes! Come on, get in line!" Um, why don't you roll an intimidation? Ten. Um, <laughs> you see, specifically, there was one guy who was uh who's carrying like a lot of toilet paper who's just like <laughs> what oh i i brought this from home i uh topical uh, uh chaz yeah. chaz looks at them and says no you, you're not doing it right and he says the exact same thing forbergorf said but just louder because that's what he's used to doing to getting things done is just repeating someone else's good roll, idea roll roll that with an advantage then oh baby <laughs> um it's an 18 great you did it you fucking did it everyone everyone immediately steps to attention and we're like oh that was a really good idea i'm glad that other that second person said that thing for the first time get I brush absolutely aside a fucked chaz just get absolutely <laughs> fucked i i lean and say excellent. the trick the trick for success is just saying what other people say but louder that's excellent that's oh it. oh i'm looking forward to just 
just Chad, like Chaz getting credit for all of the stuff Matt and I try and do this whole game. Yeah. All right. So, uh, you, as you guys head out, um, you hear a familiar voice. Um, Hey, it's the fabled heroes. You come back for more blood. What do you say we get some more shrieker skulls? Is that the is, the, is that is that the, the lizard from the airboat? Well, it, it has sure to be is. the lizard man from the airboat. <laughs> it's not the Scottish accent. <laughs> it's not a Scottish accent. It's one of two voices you're going to get in this whole campaign. That's Lamit. Remember Lamit? He was the engineer on the bear on the airship. Yeah, I spelled I spelled his name L apostrophe Mitt, like kind of like the reverse of Milady. It's Lamit. Lamit. Um. So he's uh the limits join the party. All right. Cool. What well, do you want let's to do you want to say anything to limit? Or are you just going to nod heroically? Yeah, no, we're going to like yeah, let's let's kill some shriekers. We Fuck got yeah. shit let's, to do, limit. Let's save some lives. Fuck yeah. All right. Um let me I'll paint this picture for you. So you guys are out in the slums, right? Yeah, people are gone. You can see like Remember that the city is covered by a barrier, so nothing has been inherently destroyed yet. But it's an invisible barrier, so you can you can see exactly what's going on. Can I ask what, like a wait? Hold on, sorry. Can I yeah. ask a weird logistics question? When sure. you say surrounded sure. by a barrier, I get that it's an invisible barrier, but is yeah. this like is this a big ass invisible wall or is this a dome a la Wakanda? Uh, Wakanda. Got it. Thanks. It's su- it's super Wakanda. This is this is okay. If we're gonna play it that way, this is that scene in Infinity War where all of the all of the all the dog monsters, the dog aliens, are trying to get in under the barrier. This yeah. is that. Cool. Nice. So so what's happening is you see just like that scene in Infinity War, you see just like a black mass, and it, and what it looks like, what it what it looked like in our world is a mass of bats, like maybe like exiting a cave or something, but. As you guys know, these are not bats. They are much bigger than bats and much more terrifying than bats are. Um, and and again, that's actually exactly what I had in my mind when I when I was thinking about this. It's like that that idea. Like I love this visually. Just the idea of these things just like charging headfirst without any care, like without any realization what they're doing. They're just like single minded focus yeah. on uh, getting to you. Yeah, they're just yeah. like slamming into the barrier, and it, and it's and you can see it like. You can you can imagine it. But you can just see just like right. Yeah. Is, yep. Is that fully for you? Um, <laughs> so it, it's a it's a pretty horrific sight. I, I would say. Um, yeah, just kind of a meat grinder of these yeah, bad yeah. bodies smacking yep. this barrier. Um, yeah. And you can hear that kind of like high 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 pitched squeal. You know, kind of like a bat, but like a big bat would sound. Um, just then, a mighty screech echoes from outside. The this is the that lower pitch screech. Um, it's unique to the bat like shriekers, but yet I immediately identifiable, excuse me, as that same screech from the shrieker general that you fought aboard the Agrius, which was the airship. Was that um, the one that had the MacBook Pro? Yeah, yeah. the one that had the MacBook Pro. <laughs> uh, you see right there, cue boss music, the shrieker general appears, essentially like in a veil of smaller shriekers. Uh, expressionless whips out the Marvis and Marvis issued MacBook Pro laptop, holds it with both hands toward the barrier wall. Uh, you see, uh, nothing really happens, for, but after a few seconds, the that dim, that familiar dim kind of purplish glow becomes brighter and brighter as the general is channeling more energy into the artifact. A dark purple beam is then immediately emitted from the laptop straight to the barrier barrier wall, and 
it starts cutting the barrier in half like a welding torch cutting through metal. Awesome. Um, Lina looks at you and yells, Go! Stop the monster's advance! We'll hold back the rest of them. Um, yeah, Let's Karen, roll some initiative. Karen yeah. ro- runs in. Yep. yep. Is, is Lamit a, a beefy lizard or not a beefy lizard? Um, I don't have a good answer for you. On a scale from 1 to 10, how, how battle-ready does Lamit look? Um, okay, I'll tell you, Lamit is a monk. He's, okay. he, so, like... He, he is he's a monk ass monk. He's got a he's got a staff and he's gonna do monk things. Cool sure. deal. Like it. Um, okay, Karen. 19. Mine's very low. Uh, mine's not great either. What are they? <laughs> I rolled a nine. Oh, okay. See, mine's a five. Oh. Actually, wait. With with modifiers, an eight. My bad. Well, Lamit got a crit. So he good job, Lamit. Hey, Lamit. Um, Lamit's so the best character on the team. <laughs> Forbes and then uh, and then Chaz is last. Lamit, yeah. what are your office skills? Can we take you back to our world when this is done with? Okay, so Lamit's gonna go first. So here's what happens: Lamit is going to charge head just head first, um, right at the Shrieker General. What a choice that is! What a what a G. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't give a shit. I mean, he's not he's. He's good at a lot of things, but tactics is not one of them. All right. Um, so he's going he's gonna to go ahead and attack. That's going to hit. What happens is Lamit uh, charges forward with his spear, and uh, he does, like, an anime-ass jumping, like, ah, oh, dive, right? Like, right into, like, the side of the Shrieker General. Nice. Um, just trying to, like, just trying to, to cut, him off. Cut, him off on the, cut him off on the arms, cut him off on the wings, like, whatever he can do. Um, now, normally, you guys have seen this before, unfortunately. Now, normally, he would have uh, done nine damage. However, what happens instead is the Shrieker General, as he is wont to do, uh, deflects with his MacBook Pro. Um, so you see that, that pur- purple aura. Now, if you remember last time, you guys were like actually doing damage. This time, though, when, he, when Limit jumps and leaps at him, you see a purple force field just like Ex- like repel bounce him. him away bounce him away and he gets he gets pushed away now he's knocked on the ground and uh, his staff is uh, on the ground it is the shrieker general's turn <laughs> shit i'm sure yeah. he'll walk right past float fly right past limit um he's not gonna do that <laughs> he decides <laughs> he decides to go home and reevaluate his life choices and leave he, everyone uh, alone. he apologizes he says he's sorry <laughs> Chaz, Chaz yells, Lament, play dead. <laughs> he absolutely hits. Oh no. For sure. Lament's yeah. gonna die. Uh, How tanky are monks? I haven't played enough D&D to know. I mean They they can be like dodge tanks, like Dex tanks, if if spec'd right, but they're not the best. They're meant to get in hit do a few hits and run away kind of like a, a rogue they is. they sure. a a monk plays kind of like winston okay cool yeah. thanks <laughs> thank a, you for translating that into the game i play yeah. i really needed yeah. that that's for anyone uh, here who, who in the venn diagram enjoys dnd and overwatch uh so what ha- so limit uh limit got hit with um limit got stabbed actually with the <laughs> shrieker general's pitchfork you may remember that uh that white hot at the end of of, yeah, of it that, pitch, yeah. pitchfork the karen one that remembers like, quite one, well <laughs> that almost one shot karen uh so 
It only did 11 damage. Oh, good. So Lamit was able to was able to take the hit, and he's he's still standing. Uh, I am going to yell. I still want that goddamn laptop, and then I'm going to shoot an arrow at that laptop. Okay. Um, Give me a a 20 roll. (laughs) No, that's company property. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That is a 19. Ooh, 19. Uh, Good hit. That is that is going to hit. So um, let me roll that demo. That beautiful bean footage. Yeah. (laughs) That is a five. Okay, so remember I told you how um, it was holding it with two hands? Yeah. So let's say your arrow, uh, your, well, your, your, your Blackberry tweet or whatever it is. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, magically turns into a, a, a colored arrow, a light arrow, and uh, pierces right through its, right, its left hand. And you can see it just like hit the MacBook and it's uh, it's hand like it like kind of like reels back and like shakes its left hand like. (laughs) So it's still holding it, but it's only got one hand. Cool. Don't forget, we have to get the laptop. We need the laptop. Chaz. (laughs) (laughs) Chaz, in the midst of all this, looks at him like, what? Uh, Me specifically, what? I know how many pint glasses are in your bag, Chaz. You don't know shit. He says, and they all jostle. If I actually had a one, pint glass, one I'd break. Damn it. Um. So there's the there's the big monster. Are there other monsters? Just the one. Um. Nothing. We'll say no. Okay. If there's just, it's just for, they're they're there, but for flavor. Okay. Then I'm going to. Uh, run up behind uh, Karen and Lamit, and I'm going to cast. I'm going to identify some key performance indicators for him, um, which that spell is heroism. <laughs> and so I'm going to slap them both and say, "The way we're gonna, the way we're gonna measure success today is by you hitting that monster a lot and not dying." And so, uh, what key performance indicator does? It's the spell heroism. I'm going to cast it at level two. And so both Lamit and Karen at the beginning of their turn get three temporary hit points every Woo! round. That's awesome. And, yeah. and I love that flavor. <laughs> <laughs> this, I, in my mind, it's like there's a power. I pull up my Lenovo ThinkPad. I'm like, and there's just like them. Mm-hmm. And there's a line that says hitting a lot and not dying with green thumbs yeah. up. And then, what, then the opposite with like sad frowny faces. Do those... So does that stack? Do I get three new no, hit it's, points it's each just, round? Or I you have only three... get three ever at the max. Okay. Yeah. Limit's turn. He gets three temporary hit points. He's got three temporary hit points. He feels like a new man, a new lizardman. Uh, he... Limit lizardman is actually his last um so he uh he gets up he grabs his fortunately his spear was in arm's length so he's able to grab his spear he he stands up and let's just say for flavor he does that thing that like mmo fighters do where he like curls up and then just gets up like just like springs up with his feet yeah the thing that we uh, all tried to learn how to do at some point in our lives yeah yeah, exactly Uh let's say and then so karen i recall you are kind of like standing in between him and the shrieker Mm -hmm. general Mm -hmm. so he's gonna just kind of sidestep to your right and just take like a fat uh, like a battle stance and try to get another swing at uh in on the shrieker general okay (laughs) he does not um after even with bless after he goes karen's gonna just kind of remind him we're aiming for the the thing he's holding um i am going to 
with my clipboard, um, swing at its r- what we cut off its left hand. I'm gonna swing at the um, other hand. Yeah. Um, and with uh, divine smite added to it. Nice. So roll to hit. Crit fail. Uh, <laughs> probably, uh, won't, probably won't do it. Probably won't be yeah, doing it. So uh, he instead of. He's he's had enough time now where he can he's kind of like regained his grip back on the MacBook Pro. Okay, that'll be my. Uh, do you you should you should have two attacks. I do have two attacks. I will attack again. Uh, that is a eighteen. Eighteen. Um, <clears throat> that uh, actually connects. So you swing your clipbacks board <laughs> clip axe board yes uh hmm. and you're you're aiming for its right hand um well unfortunately time elapsed so it kind of regained its grip but you're able to you're able to snag its right hand this okay. time and i will so cast, similar similar result and i will cast divine smite um adding two two d8 nice so seven plus Five is twelve plus five is seventeen damage. Cool. Um, so this looks pretty rad. You uh, you snag its right hand, and it kind of again like it kind of recoils a little bit. Uh, but you see this like purplish greenish flame that starts to burn on its right hand, which looks pretty pretty sick. Nice. Cool. Um, so it's confirmed still holding the MacBook. Yes. With one hand. With one hand. All right. If this were if this were a video game, the 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 camera would zoom in on its one hand still holding the <laughs> MacBook Pro. Uh, I am going to fire off another uh, meme bomb tweet text arrow at the MacBook, uh, but I'm going to cast ensnaring strike on nice. that arrow, and that's going to be a twenty-one to hit. That's going to hit. Cool. Where are you aiming, my dude? Uh, I want to aim at, like, directly at the MacBook. Cool. Uh, you do so. Similar to last time, it, it kind of goes through its other hand and, like, and, like makes a crack in the MacBook. And you see uh, that, that purple aura shatters as the MacBook falls to the ground. Cool. And because of ensnaring strike, I imagine that that mass of thorny vines is going to appear from the MacBook and coat the MacBook in thorns. Oh, that's sick. Yeah, so if (laughs) if the Shrieker wants to pick the MacBook back up, it's got to make a strength-saving throw, um, and if it holds it, it takes 1d6 of piercing damage at the start of each turn. Okay, so you hear hear from a shout from far away, uh, the voice of Lina, uh, nice work! Um, If you can somehow stop Stop the monster. Stop whatever it's doing. We can uh, stall enough time that we can activate the Crystal Tower's defenses. We're going to do that. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Sounds good. Sounds great. Um, so that's your, that's your new action now. So you, you have broken. You have solved my laptop <laughs> puzzle. <laughs> um, so Lamit uh, has advantage. Wait, no. He has disadvantage. Never mind. Lamit just says bless. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Lamit crit. <sighs> my dude hey tight <laughs> woof lamit so, crits lizardman <laughs> so i i look crit lamit crits i like the this the fact that this character is very anime so i'm going to continue that thread <laughs> and say that lamit grabs his spear and like 
runs up the monster <laughs> and like does like a like a like a hop off of it like the side flips in the air three times and then strikes back down and jabs its spear right into the monster into the shrieker general's eye yeah, oh, yeah. hell yeah. yeah it looks Dude. it looks it looks sick as hell legit lamit that's yeah let's that's what we're calling that. him now legit lamit crit lizardman <laughs> Our teams, our party's going to be carried by NPCs. I mean, yeah. I didn't turn on. I didn't turn on my lights, so I can't see my dice. <laughs> the bulb um, in our guest bedroom has been out for about a week, plus four. and I just won't replace it. So it's thirteen. Oh boy, thirteen plus twelve is oh, twenty-five. Plus another four is twenty-nine damage. Dang. Hey oh. Oh, lament. I just beat myself. <laughs> um Lamit Lamit looks at you and you guys see the the screen turned to widescreen and he looks back, he just turns his head and he goes, Lights out. Oh. <laughs> Ch- Chaz goes, oh. like a cold chill goes down Chaz's spine. <laughs> yeah. It was it was super cool. Okay, so that was Lamit's turn. Well the Shrieker General is unhappy. Um now remind me. What debuffs does Shrieker General have at this point? It has just disadvantage. disadvantage on just its first attack. Yeah. Okay. And a spear in its eye. Okay. <laughs> and a yeah. spear so in its eye. So instead of attacking uh, the Shrieker General, because it has a spear in its eye, um, just grapples Lamit. And unfortunately, he definitely did that. Um, he, wins, he wins that grapple. So here's... Um, I'll, I'll kind of walk you through what, what you guys see. So um, the Shrieker General... Grab, now that it, it is unfettered by MacBook Pros, uh, <laughs> it it grabs Lamit and holds it holds him with two hands, and you can see like its spear laden face just kind of like ooze over top of Lamit while he's like struggling in the grasp. Um, you see the Shrieker General doesn't really say anything, but it kind of retches its mouth open, and uh, and oozes this dark purple like vomit out of out of its face good um, oh, it's fine and that ooze like that ooze goes right into limit's mouth oh no oh, oh no limit um <laughs> you see like you see it, his skin just turns like pale white as the shrieker general just throws him to the ground and uh limit's just like laying there kind of convulsing um that's the Shrieker General's turn. <laughs> oh Damn. boy, that's not, yeah. it's not chill of it at all. You you didn't you pissed it off. Well, to be fair, Lamit pissed it off. Hey, Karen. <laughs> um. All right. So, Karen, am I? So it's like Lamit and the um, Shrieker General are kind of off on their own. Yeah, we'll say you're like you're a social distance away from okay. them at this point. <laughs> uh, and Lamit, Lamit is laying on the ground and the Shrieker General's full attention is like vomiting this this ooze into Lamit. Okay. Um, I am going to... Karen is going to um, shout at the um, Shrieker General casting Compelled Duel on it. Um, so you've got to pass a Wisdom save. And if uh, you don't... You have to fight me. Twenty-one. That's gonna not gonna do it. Um, and then on my so on my second turn, I am going to run over to it and attack it with my clipboard. Okay. 
Give me a roll. Uh, 11. Uh, 11 is going to miss. Okay. So while it doesn't have its cool purple aura anymore, it is still, still a has, scary monster. It still has an armor class. <laughs> it still has an armor class. Um, Forbgorf, you see uh, Lamit lying on the ground, very unanime-like, and uh, uh, Shrieker General still kind of hunched over top of him. Uh, I'm going to yell at Karen and Chaz, you guys handle that guy. I'm going to go get my laptop. Hell yeah. And this is the part of the show where I imagine one of them asks, how are you going to do that? And I'm going to respond with an over-the-shoulder look of, I'm going incognito mode. And then I'm going to cast pass without trace. (laughs) (laughs) Stupid. (laughs) Oh, I love this stupid thing that we created. Same. (laughs) All right. You are now, are you invisible or is this just a a stealth increase? Uh, I am invisible. Everything within 30 feet of me is invisible. I can't be tracked without or except by magic. And I have a plus 10 to dex. When you say everything within 30 feet of you is invisible, what does that mean? Uh, each creature I choose. Okay. Yeah. Um, I know Pass Without Trace buffs your stealth. Does it make you invisible? Uh, a veil of shadows and silence radiates from you, making you and your companions, or masking you and your companions from detection. So, so it, it, yeah, it buffs your stealth so much that you might as well be invisible because you get yeah. a plus 10 to your dex. Yeah. Or um, to your stealth, yeah. And then I'm, I'm going to make a mad dash for that laptop. Um, can I get perception checks from everybody? Uh, don't forget you can add your bless to this. Not that it'll matter for old Chaz. Six. Um, I got a 13. 17. I'm rolling hot, okay. stinky garbage so today. The, the not Karens in the room. Um, while this is happening, you hear a like a the sound of a weapon charging up. Like a... The imagine... High, the high-pitched sound of, yeah. of anime things charging. Imagine, yeah. if you will, uh, the Death Star laser, like the like the Death Star laser, like gaining energy, yeah. slowly slowly collecting energy. Um, you hear that, and then look back and see that in the Crystal Tower. The Crystal Tower is collecting a ball of of light energy. Good, tight. Yeah, that's what we want. It's it's fucking this. This is rules. You see the Shrieker General has kind of like he's done vomiting black ooze or purple ooze into Lamit. Poor Lamit. Um, he's got a belly full of ooze and a whole host of problems. Um, he's just so, got a boot and rally. He'll be fine. Yeah, yeah totally. So Chaz, you when you cast that healing word, um, you start to see Lamit's body twitch a little bit like he's trying to get up. And um, and then he starts to get up. Um, however, he's totally it's, fine. It's he's totally fine. Everybody's happy. It's very unnatural. Um, and he's like, imagine a zombie getting up, right? Would, uh, just kind of would, like, uh, would this be anything that triggers a paladin's divine sense? Would Karen being a paladin and near him kind of be like? Let me explain you what you see. Okay, and then we can resolve that. So he kind of shambles up. A little bit like leading with his shoulders and his arms are kind of hunched over and his face is kind of hunched over. And then he turns his head and you can see the same features that you've seen in, in the other streakers, the sunken in face, the, the coal black eyes. And then he lets out, he emits a wail, a wail of a shriek. Uh, we lost Lamet. <laughs> <laughs> Chaz goes off. Oh, piss. Um, you hear Lina Keep the monster at bay just a little longer. We'll fire the cannon. All right. That's what we're going to do. 
Um, I am going to um, get my whistle and summon Woodstock. Excellent. Yeah! We need to uh, cut in some some majestical steed music right here. <laughs> Consider it cut in. <laughs> yeah. Okay, what do you want to do with Woodstock? Um, well, I'm going to get on Woodstock. I'm going to fly... Um and you and fly it up in the air and um I am going to cast something fun from the back of Woodstock. Let me see what I got here. For for the folks at home, um, if you're if you're playing along, um, the visual uh exercise here is to imagine Kyle's character riding, which is effectively a Treu from Neverending Story. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, just flying around, whacking at this this bat monster. Yes, which is very very good. Um, I am actually going to just fly up, kind of still near the general, but away from Lament. What's his Le-Mint? name? Lament. Lament. Thank you. Legit Lament. Crit okay. lizard. I just I blanked <laughs> on it. I'm gonna cast um a magic weapon on my clipboard for next turn. And just, nice. just get up in the air, buff my weapon, and. Cool. Get ready to wreck things next Love turn. Um, Forbes. Uh, yeah, I'm going to retrieve that laptop, and then I'm going to run the hell back to the high yeah. ground where I belong. Yeah, you are. Um, let me get a stealth check. Oh, please. boy. Yeah. Uh, oh, my goodness. Don't forget to add your 10 and your D4. Yeah, so that's 16... Plus six is twenty-two. Plus ten is thirty-two. Yeah. That's a thirty-two that on stealth. <laughs> that was a formality just to see if you rolled a, a, crit, a crit fail. Yep. Um. So correct me. And this is this is your spell. So you're just going to cancel it out. Yeah. Yeah. Thorns. Definitely. Okay. Cool. So you you use your entire bonus action to yoink that laptop away. It is securely within your grasp, and you are unharmed. Great. Great job. Thanks. Uh, and and I'm going to use, can I use a movement to get back to the high ground where I assume I was? Uh, yeah. Cool. Yeah, you can. Cool. That's, that's where I am. Cool. You are, you are back, back in safety. Um, okay, so you guys have the laptop. Uh, the weapon is charging. Karen is on a mount. <laughs> <laughs> all things are coming. It's all coming up Millhouse. Chaz, what do you got? Well, first off, I'm, as just a free action, I'm going to uh, stop pointing out to Karen and Limit the key performance indicator of not dying, because I feel like Limit might hurt me, so I don't want him to have temporary hit points anymore. (laughs) Um, I am instead going to, I'm going to put both Limit and the scary flying screaming monster on a tight timeline. Uh, which is which is Bane. So <laughs> I need them both to make charisma saving throws. Um, they need to beat fourteen. Man, good on me for rolling like fucking garbage. Um, well, you mean to tell me the scary flying monster and the possessed lizard man don't have great charisma scores? They don't. <laughs> believe it or not, the scary flying monster did not pass. However, um, Lamit Zombie did. That's that's fine. Um, so the scary monster, every time it attacks, um, it is going to take a D4 negative to its attacks and saves. Nice. Nice. Yep. Um, with that, it's Lamit's turn because Lamit is alive again. <laughs> so um, I, I look, I look at him and say, be cool, man. <laughs> Lamit, 
Lamit did that did that zombie thing where it looks at you and it rushes straight toward Chaz because right now Forbgorf is I think still invisible. Or I am at least definitely like very still stealthy. invisible. Yeah. yeah, still very stealthy. Um, yeah. And Karen and Karen is uh, flying. She's she's doing she's playing never ending story. So now he he doesn't get negative four right because he didn't he didn't get Bane. That's what Bane uh, he did not get Bane. Okay. He's um, technically actually still blessed if we're really going <laughs> to split those hairs. Well, he uh, he got a 21, so. Ooh. Well, yeah, well, that's that's going to just barely get me. <laughs> just, just nick you, huh? So he's coming right at you. He charges. He charges at you. He does uh, 10 damage with his spear. He knocks you down with his spear. <laughs> Come on, man. My pint glasses. <laughs> um, while you he knocks you over you're on the ground and he's standing over top of you and he's just like <gasps> like just like frothing purple goo at the mouth and his right. eyes are coal black he's about to he's about to vomit in your mouth todd <laughs> yeah. yeah you act like i haven't dealt with vomit before i think i um, i see this from the shadows and and yell out of turn Chaz, for once in your life close your mouth <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Karen, swing away, my dude. Yeah, so Karen is going to um, swoop in to striking distance and swing at the the Shrieker General with her now bl- magic clipboard. Um, for ooh, there we go. Uh, twenty six. There it is. Okay, <laughs> Kyle, tell me, tell me how you. Uh, hit this thing like what are you what are you striking for i am striking um at its you know chest head area um i probably just like a like a through its um upper torso um and that's gonna do what's a d8 plus five plus one plus yeah so um for eleven 11. All right, some. All right. Let me let me narrate what happens here. So, you are in a in a an awesomely epic sky battle yes. with this shrieker general, this mm-hmm. flying winged demon. You take your light, clipboard. Light blazing from my clipboard. Light blazing. Yep. Yeah. This fucking Hercules shit, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh you you swing like a you take one baseball swing, you miss. Uh on the on the other one you kind of take a backswing like a backswing uppercut. You go down to the left and up to the right. And when you, you connect right at the Shrieker General halfway through and that explosion of magical energy from your, from your whatever you cast. My magic weapon. Knock, mm-hmm. Yeah, your magic weapon. Thank you. Uh, that magic weapon knocks it back. So you see that little purplish explosion that hits right in its chest, knocks it back. And as you can see, the barrier kind of like opens around it. Um, makes like a little nice little hole. It can pass it, back through the barrier. Is it what you're... it push it push it back. Cool. <laughs> my my bim bam reference. Yeah, yeah. Just then, within like half a second later, you see this massive blue laser. Yeah. Yeah. Come right, swing right by, really. like it just like singes the like the tips of your hair, and <laughs> and it just pile drives right into that fucking monster, um, evaporating it into nothing. Perfect. Excellent. Sick. Uh, yeah, Karen gives a very uh, just a, a woo girl woo and like and like is just flying around up there still. Yeah. Take your take your moment. You deserved it. I I do. I did. However, consider the moment taken. <laughs> there's, there's other things happening. <laughs> nope. Nope. I won. 
Forbogorf. We ain't we ain't out of this yet. Yeah. Um, I am going to uh, cast Ensnaring Strike again, and I'm going to shoot at Lamit. That's a big number. Uh, <laughs> that is a 25 to hit. Yeah, you got him. You to got hit him, Lamit. Yeah. That's that's my reaction every time I roll over like a 16 and then have to yeah. add things to it. I'm like, that's going to be a, a high number. number. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's a six for damage. And Lamit is now covered in thorny vines. And uh, he's going to have to make a strength check every turn. And if he fails the strength te- strength check, he's going to take 1d6 of pierce. Okay, so you have effectively turned the tables. So Chaz is safe from being purple gooed, and now Lamit <laughs> is restrained and lying on the ground. Um, I, I, I feel like I should commune in some way. Like, are we trying to save Lamit or are we killing Lamit? What are we doing here, guys? Aim, just aim for like the thigh. Just incapacitate him. I'm looking. I'm looking to see if I've got anything, and like the best I could try is a. To cure poison or disease with lay on of hands, but no, I think if we can't if we can't dispel whatever um, goop he's gotten, we gotta we gotta kill him. I I don't want to railroad you. I'm not in I'm not in this game to railroad you, even though that's only what I've been doing. I <laughs> I will tell you as your GM, you guys have now you guys aren't very familiar with all this stuff. Obviously, this is not your world, but you you were intimately familiar with the story of like you know that tons of scholars and archmages have tried to figure this thing out and they have not yet so it is probably more than than just normal ass magic you cool. can certainly try but this but is we, just me telling we you gotta that. kill limit is what you're right. saying good, good. zombie is bitten limit yeah i didn't say that i just said you can't cure him nor- andrew told us to means. kill limit andrew the said exarch, kill the lizard the exarch said we can't save him gotta kill him <laughs> if the if the exarch wanted his lizard alive the exarch would be here but that bitch ran I think what Andrew is pointing out is um, probably Forbegorf and Chaz have seen at least two zombie movies and are <laughs> are aware like he's he's been bit. Got to kill him. Those yeah. are the rules. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to I'm going to shoot another arrow at Lamit. Um, that's also going to be a gigantic number. Oh, my <laughs> God. Uh, yeah, that's going to be uh, 28 to hit. Barely got him. Yep. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so him. that'll be another D8. But because he's already below hit points and I'm a Colossus Slayer, it'll be another D8. Uh, so that's going to be four damage. Matt. Andrew. How do you kill this innocent lizard? <laughs> You've seen zombie movies. I have. Tell me tell me how Forbergorf puts down Lamit. Well, Forbergorf has seen zombie movies too, and Forbergorf knows you gotta aim for the brain, baby. <laughs> Remove the head or destroy the brain. Zombies don't die at the thigh. Uh, so I can imagine that Lamit is... <laughs> oh, I've never heard that before. That's good. Uh, that's really good. I just made that up. Thanks. Um, really good. I, I imagine that Lamit is ensnared in these uh, vines, but like still kind of standing over top of Chaz. And I'm going to have a, an excellent Hanzo moment of pulling that bowstring back on my phone or whatever and <laughs> shooting a tweet arrow straight through Lamit's eye. Just like direct yep. hit through the eye 
into the brain to cease all movement from legit limit crit lizardman. May he ever rest Aww. in peace. Rip. Rip indeed. F's in chat, everybody. F's in chat. Uh, so Lamit, you can see him writhing in that in that set of vines, and he's like he's like grasping at everything, and that arrow just goes thunk, thunk <laughs> just and and with that, Lamit's dead. You guys won. Yeah, that's a weird string of of emotions to throw in there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Lina shows up. She's running, and she she looks and she says, "Oh, Lamit." Uh, and uh, she just kind of she's, she pauses, she looks down, she has a moment of silence. Then she looks at you, she says, thank you. I, from the bottom of my heart, from the bottom of our heart, thank you. For, I don't know what else we would have done. Now I get it. I, I don't know why, but you, you all, you're the champions of Randar lead. The Exarch knew it, and thank you. Chaz is, is counting his pint glasses to see how many he actually lost. Karen is still flying around, but yells down, we're sorry about Lamit. I am admiring my company-issued laptop, which after the longest first day on the job ever, I now have. She actually, yeah, so she uh, she looks at that, and she's like kind of like a little, looks kind of jumps back in horror, and she's, is that, is that an artifact? How, how are you holding that? Oh, no, it's cool. I got two. I got I got this one and that one. <laughs> um, she, she bows, says, like groveling to. We're yes, not yes. worthy. Yes, uh, the, the Sun Piercer. Uh, your God, gods, you you have lived up to your name. Um, please, can you got can you all please uh, come with me? We 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 must see the Exarch at once. Yeah. Um, is someone gonna take care of this? And Chaz is just like nodding at the the brambly dead uh, I'll, zombie. I'll take man. care of. I'll take care of my, my friend. Uh, you you did what you had to do. I have seen zombie movies before. Yeah, we have all seen zombie <laughs> We've movies. all seen zombie movies. We know that uh-huh, zombies uh-huh. don't die at the thigh. You have to shoot. That's actually, uh, I have a, that's like on a little, uh, we have that in, uh, written up on, on the back and a bumper sticker back there. I, yeah, I feel it's like. A, I feel it's like in like a tapestry. Gonna, that's, if we have any more NPC or character deaths like that, it's going to involve us like putting a fist to our chest and saying, We've all seen zombie movies before. Like, <laughs> that's, that's the solemn, like, like, may he rest in peace. Um, uh, good stuff. Okay, so you guys um, all head back to the Exarch's office in the Crystal Tower. Um, let's just say cut to, in the interest of time, cut to you guys are sitting with the Exarch's office. Um, Karen, Woodstock is outside, I guess? <laughs> or I... I landed and then like sent okay. Woodstock back to the to the ranch. Okay. Yeah, Wait, cool. important pause. I I didn't want to correct yeah. this and take us out of battle, but earlier you said that Woodstock is a Treyu from the Neverending Story, and a Treyu is a dude. Woodstock oh, is shit. Woodstock <laughs> yeah, is you Falcor. Flying, yeah, yeah Falcor. I meant Falcor. Thank yep, you. Yes. I, I didn't want to like break the flow of the battle, but I was like, Kyle is not riding a boy. Kyle is riding a Sky Dragon. I, you don't know. I appreciate that for both on both counts. Thank you. Okay, so cut to Exarch. Uh, so Forbagorf, um, Exarch asks, uh, "Are you going to hand over the laptop or no? Do something with it? Or? This is my goddamn okay. laptop, and I have <laughs> I have not worked your at the, laptop. It's my company issued laptop. It's mine. It's, I found. It. I feel I like I deserve." <laughs> um, 
fine. <laughs> the Exarch, <laughs> the Exarch uh, tells you, uh, thank you all for your courage against these abominations. Um, while today was a terrifying look at what's to come, I do believe we have taken the first steps to finally ending this war. Um, he shows you a map, and it, the map... Like any start of a new series, the map has a bunch of red circles all over it. It's a map of what you can imagine to be the world. And he says, uh, he points to the map, he says, we've got reports now all across the continent of these artifacts, just like the what you're holding in your hands, Horogorf. That are mine and that I will not give back. That are very we'll talk about mine. that. You've we already put a decal on it. We will talk about that later. Yeah, there's a bumper um, sticker. It said, we've all seen zombie movies. <laughs> Zombies don't die at the thigh. Uh, he points to um, uh, one place, one circle in particular. This one, I think I want you to investigate first. Earlier this evening, I was informed that uh, a once very friendly village of orcs has taken up arms against one of the local populaces. Now, while I understand this is not typical of traditional shrieker behavior, we've gotten reports that this band of marauding orcs have started worshipping a dark grimoire. A what? Huh? It's a book. It's, it's a, a book. It's a book. It's a book. Why didn't you With call pages? it a book? No, wait. Why? It's, a, it's did I? It's, it's a, a, you're in a fantasy world. It's Dick. a fancy. It's a fancy. Let evil me book no, this, let me play in my space. This is Forbergorf asking the Exarch. Why didn't you call it a book? He he looks at you. He's I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, he, Karen, I never know like what you're talking his, about. Puts his hand on his shoulder. He's like, in fantasy worlds, a grimoire, calling it a grimoire usually implies it has magic powers. Thanks. Uh, Chaz kind of shrugs and, and says, would have been faster to call it a book. Thank you. Thank you, Chaz. <laughs> the, the Exarch kind of just isn't listening to you, and uh, he, opens, <laughs> he opens up a desk drawer, and you see him pull out a small key and some, puts on some gloves. Uh, he then takes that key and pops it into a small compartment under the jeweled top of his staff. Remember his staff that's like magical or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the jewel opens up. And you see there's an item inside. <laughs> it's a mosquito. It's a mosquito. <laughs> um, he says, he looks at you, says, I'm sorry if it appears that I've been leading you astray. I truly did not know it would be relevant until I heard what was written on the book. Thank you. Thanks. <laughs> I don't yet know how they're related, but see for yourselves um he pulls out the item in the jewel and shows it to you it's a business card that reads melissa ferguson director of marketing marvis and marvis worldwide melissa i remember her i lean over to karen and say like hey i think i i met melissa but i don't remember which one's melissa she gave you the the branding grimoire oh oh okay yeah the branding book I think we're calling them books now. It's Chekhov's brand guidelines, if you will. <laughs> I mean, a branding a branding guide would truly be an evil book with bad powers. So yes. yeah, yep, yep. Mm-hmm. So so that's the end of our very first arc. Nice. Um, woo woo woo. Uh, so a little bit of foreshadowing there. Uh, next time on Forbergorf and the Office Drones, we're gonna go to marketing. Nice. Um, is is the Exarch powering anything else cool with forbidden technology? Do we need to know about this? 
Yes, we oh, talked about well. this. He's powering the entire city on, based on these. Oh artifacts. well, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I guess yeah. that makes sense. Then. So that's that's why he's asked you to collect them. So eventually, that Mac laptop will be used to power the water supply. I, I assume. Meant, <laughs> sure. I meant more like more like is he hiding any special things for him? Does he have like jump boots that are that are powered <laughs> by the staple that fell from the sky? Well, <laughs> we can. Well, we will find out next time. Yeah. When we see inside the Exarch's Ghostbuster safe in the basement of the Crystalline Tower, <laughs> it's it's a he's got a gun that shoots the uh, the hole punch holes that you have to empty out. Yeah. You don't you don't know his real name. He's a shady character. What what, what can I say? <laughs> What's I'm just I'm stuck thinking about the Office uh, where he's like, you don't even know my real name. I'm the Lizard King. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll admit the Lizard King. Oh, poor not one anymore. Out. Yep. Yeah. Nope. Rip. All right. Any uh, any last last comments, questions, feedback, suggestions? Uh, when this is all over, we're gonna do uh, a supercut of all the NPCs we've lost along the way with uh, <laughs> Sarah Sarah McLaughlin's music in the background. Cool. All right. Well, thank you so much, everybody listening, and thank you so much for donating to our Patreon and supporting us. And and those of you who are active in the Discord or or just watching it all go down, we we super super appreciate all of you. Uh, keep keep on debating. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Stealing office supplies. Zombies, zomb- zombies, zombies don't, don't die at the thighs. Zombies, <laughs> zombies don't die at the thighs. See everybody. <laughs>and that does it for this massive, massive director's cut of the Office Drones Chapter One. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, and since you sat through it for this long, I'm going to take the opportunity to pitch you. If you want more Office Drones, then consider joining the ranks of hashtag Nation over at patreon.com slash debatethiscast. For $5 a month, you'll have instant access to the entire backlog of episodes, which at the time of this recording is 16 episodes. Um, and, and just to give it a little more context, I'm doing these like anime arcs. Surprise! Um, so after this initial arc, there is what I was calling the marketing arc, which is teased at the end of this last, last uh, episode five. That marketing arc finds our heroes investigating a town overrun by orcs in a multi-level marketing scheme, stealthing their way through a castle filled with guards who talk like Monty Python characters, and even a choice encounter with another Marvis and Marvis employee. Hmm, interesting. And and we got friend of the show and also DM a very, very awesome real play podcast called Natural Toonie, Tom Zalatni. Uh, Tom was able to join us for a couple episodes as uh, guest Shaz. Right now, as of the time of this recording here in November of 2021, we are in the middle of the next major arc, which I'm calling the finance arc. Probably you're picking up on a trend here. Our heroes have found themselves trapped in a deadly tournament where victory can only be earned by death. Because everybody knows the most financially responsible move in entertainment is to make an anime tournament arc. Oh, and uh, we also recently had on Eric Silver, who is DM of the Join the Party Real Play D&D podcast. That was a whole lot of fun. He played a, uh, a swarm master, or swarm mancer, um, and he, had, he was basically a ranger with a bunch of bees, which was which was pretty rad. Um, anyway, one last time, that's patreon.com slash debate this cast. If you can't swing $5 a month, we, that's totally fine. We get it. Um, instead... Maybe you just consider telling a friend about our show. As we said, you know, word of mouth is the the absolute best way to, to share 
our show and our content and what we're doing. So we'd, we'd love if, uh, if you could do that for us. Uh, next week, we're going to be back with a normal DT episode. Until then, thanks for listening. And remember, zombies don't die at the thigh. Music for Forbegorf and the Office Drones is provided under a Creative Commons license by composer Ozed. Opening track is The Day Time Ran Away, off of the album Friendship Adventure. The closing track is On Our Way, off of the album Dunes at Night.